Hey everyone, and welcome back to yet another installment of the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. It's Sunday, August 8, 2021, and this is the 78th episode of our humble little show. I'm your host, Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. That'd be me. How you doing, buddy? Happy well, Sunday morning. Thanks, man. You know, just laying in the cut, bro. Just Good just, weekend? Just, uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, just, you know... This is the calm before the storm, because this week, we go back this week. You got some snot-nosed kids coming back for duty, don't you? Absolutely. Does that start tomorrow? Um, so, no. We, we do have to report back tomorrow, but the freshman orientation is on Tuesday, and then school begins on Wednesday. Right on. Yeah. Man, back in the saddle, 2021-2022 school yes. year. What year of teaching is this for you? Uh, this will be my seventh. Dang. Your seventh. I saw it was uh, Checkers tenth. Yeah, I was like, man, that's crazy to think about. Ten years of your life dedicated to this pursuit. Yeah, we've been doing this for a minute. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got some topics. Do you? Uh, yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, we're back to keeping up with the show's name. It's there been eight days since we last recorded, so it's kind of the weekly catch up. Uh huh. Appreciate that. I've been an absolute monk this week, so it's going to mainly be reflections on things external to my own life Love this it. week but uh let's get into it all right man let's get it it's the weekly catch up with carson and brad here to talk about the week we done had it could be sports religion politics we keeping the tabs you would think they work for gucci how they deep in they bag get your facts up on wednesday we'll be counting the stats up so turn the volume up till it's maxed up you know the drill so tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill we back up this is the weekly catch up so how you living man you know, doing all right. Um, this past week, I had that uh, teacher convention. Were you in San Marcos? I was. No, yeah. sorry. It was actually in Round Rock. Um, oh. Yeah. Everybody had been, it was even in like our emails that it was San Marcos, but uh, ended up being at the the Kalahari Resort in Round Rock, which uh, boasts the, I, I believe it's the largest water park, indoor water park in either Texas or the U.S. I can't remember exactly. Maybe the world. You think so? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so meetings were rather dull, but it's always great seeing uh, some great uh, teacher friends. Like I got to see uh, Melly and Danny Simakula. Got to see uh, Gabby LaRue. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. he a teacher? Uh-huh. Where? Uh, the Oaks. Where is that? Uh, somewhere in Texas. Okay. I can't remember which city. What about Daniel and Melly? Where, where do they teach? So they just, uh, moved, you know, they were in New Mexico okay. and they just moved over, uh, in the Valley and are going to be teaching over there. Interesting. Uh -huh. I didn't realize that they were in education. Yep. Yep. Uh, PE and, uh, Melly is going to be teaching English this year as well. So sweet. Um, yeah. So we got to talk about that for a bit. Um, ran into Adriana Baca, love her. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, there were, there were just tons and tons of teacher friends that, I mean, that's always everybody's favorite part of these conventions. It's like 
okay, well, we'll link up after the meeting and, and hang out. But, um, yeah, that's it was awesome. Cool. It was a cool time. That's so cool that you see the through line of like networking within your profession with yeah. people that you went to college with like mm-hmm. forever ago. I, I don't get that a whole lot. Like whenever, <laughs> whenever you run into a Swahoo grad out in the modern contemporary, like mm-hmm. kind of tech startup or business world, you're like, whoa, whoa you made up, it out man? too. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, black sheep? Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool. And th- this convention was uh, within the Texas uh, union and um, every couple, every four years, I believe um, they have the entire like U S teachers convention, like of seven day Adventist. And so that one you really, cause a lot of people move away and stuff, but those are always fun. Cause you get to see people that you haven't seen in years. Um, but yeah. What's up a- with Gabby nowadays? Is he still the same? Like he, Listen, he, he, he was, he's always he, been, he's a, he's a really fun dude. Super yeah, animated. Probably yeah. the cockiest, most confident <laughs> guy I've ever met. And I've always had respect for that. Uh-huh. I mean that in a positive way. Yeah. I would say it like he's, he's got, he's probably self-es- chill. He's got self-esteem for days, yeah. son. And I, and I don't see him on the regular, but like at the convention, you know, he seemed like low key and you know, he's probably hollering. Super <laughs> no, no. He settled down. Oh really? Uh-huh. Like married settled down? I believe so. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, at least he has a girl. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like behind the eight ball. I'm like uh-huh. even the, even the cocky people from yeah. college are like. Oh, dude, up. I saw Francis. Uh... Dude, I've been meaning to bring this up to you for forever. You never replied to my group message. This was months ago. You oh. might recall this, but I'm. Who are we in a group message with? Okay, so it was Michael. Uh, okay. You, me, and Michael. Um it was some sort of like podcast thread that we'd been in mm-hmm. and I sent you a photo. No, no, no. I replied to that. Did you? I'm almost, I'm almost positive. I did. Okay. Was it like a day? Or I remember, two I remember you sending it. You're like, and you took a picture and he's like, in the how background. wild Francis yeah. was sitting at the table next to us. Uh-huh. At did the you say Henry. What's up? No, oh. I, I knew he didn't know me. Yeah. Um, okay. I have like, you know, I never felt like I was like, it's super popular at Swallow. Or that I've never gone back. I've never gone to an official function. I've never um, banked on a warm welcome <laughs> upon okay. upon return. If That's that fair. makes sense. So for, for me, I'm just like everybody's like, oh, Brad, he's cool, but like we don't really hang out. Like we just think each other are cool, but we don't have. Yeah, like- yeah. So my situation is similar, except they're not thinking. Oh, Carson's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're just no. like, oh, there's. That guy I don't know, and uh-huh. I don't hang out with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever, man. You were cool. I hung out with you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You were cool by extension. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's you... like, guys, he's with me. <laughs> yeah. He's my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you were. Uh, <laughs> I know everybody was just like you're my lawyer you're my agent one day you yeah. know I'm like no, what, you, what about you now? went to the teachers committee with me the, the... I'm like what about friendship now yeah. <laughs> over here downloading avatar <laughs> the James Cameron avatar bootlegging it and Carson has to bro I was just from, on my behalf just super out of touch back then I think I had didn't have as much control over my emotions mm. Yeah, that's that's what that's what college was for. But that's awesome that you got to see all those folks. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it was it was a great time. And then uh, also did like some staff bonding, went out to dinner a couple times with them. And um, so that was cool. 
but overall, overall a great time. Happy to be home and um, got back into the classroom at the end of this past week, uh, setting everything up. I completely revamped uh, my syllabi and like my principal kind of wants to use some of the classroom rules. Like he wants that to kind of be like school wide and everything and wants to use my words. So, um, that, you know, that always feels good that you have approval from your boss and he kind of wants everybody to implement it. And, um, yeah, just getting ready. Uh, we have a parent. Te- so for all of the new students, like those new parents are coming in to get to know, you know, expectations and stuff. They're coming in this evening. So I'll be up at CTA later today and, uh, and then get one more day in the classroom before they all get there. Freshman orientation. We're going to take them to a water park, have a good time. And then is it the largest indoor water park? No, it's one of the smallest outdoor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, I think we're going to like Yogi Bear. What? The Jellystone Park in Burleson. I'm unaware. It's like an art. Like you can. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it is what it is. But I've made it my mission to avoid water parks as an adult, or yeah. even pools with any children present. Mm, that's a big one. I like a grown and sexy pool. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. my new pool that we have here at you know Victory Park, new to me, it's like the perfect amount of turn up. You know, because you don't want to be the the people that are like everyone smashing beer bottles mm-hmm. and going crazy and sure. loud music Would competing competing boom boxes type deal yeah um that's kind of at your entry level mm-hmm. uptown dallas proper apartments where there's like a thousand units and yeah. i remember touring an apartment one time and there was just like natty light boxes in the hallways and mm-hmm. towels people were like laying wounded you know like, <laughs> it was just insane and this one is like perfect because it's like up until probably two or three you're gonna see a lot of onesomes twosomes with a book with yeah. airpods catching some sunbathing rays and then by three or four you kind of see the pockets of people with with drinks yeah maybe a boom like a, a beats pill but it's it's totally manageable mm-hmm. everybody gets what they came for yeah and that's kind of hard to find yeah uh we went out to courtney's pool yesterday uh with a few friends and i will say that there were kids there but like the kids were well behaved and uh on my instagram you saw that cannonball i was doing uh, there was a kid in the pool and he's like, I rated a nine out of 10. Like, <laughs> awesome, man. You're like, why the point deduction? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what was my form a little off or, but uh, yeah, no, they were. That's a pretty good fun. boomerang. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Shout I was out like, to, wow. The, shout form out to the fiance. I'm pretty um, sure I rolled that one back. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. So. Anyway, um, love watching you tuck and roll. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Time to move on. Uh, Yeah. So school starts this week. Looking forward to it. Ready to be back in the classroom. Um, And that's where I'm at. That's how I'm doing. How are you, man? uh, Over here in the uh, the the modern tech startup world, uh, work never ended. Summer was not a thing. Um, Regretting not having, you know, flown the coop to Mexico last week. It would have been probably the optimal week mm-hmm. given uh, what I saw happen back here, which was uh, a lot of nothing. It was very much, I did go back to the office this week. I'd been a little bit more spotty about that at different times during the summer and uh, went into the office four days this past week. Um, you know, mixed it up with some team members, had a great week at work, 
um, lots of great updates and went out to the golf course pretty much every night. Yeah. Um, just tried to focus on just the routine more than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, had some plans this weekend that kind of got canceled last minute. So, uh, just been, just been chilling, waiting for, waiting for the podcast and going to have dinner with my rents, uh, later this evening. Nice. Give them my love. I will. I will. Yeah. It's, um, looking forward to seeing them and, and catching up, but it's man, been, what? Sorry to cut in, but I, before I forget, because I forgot, uh, You'd be proud of me. So, well, maybe not proud of me. You might look down on it, but I don't know. I don't know how you feel about Top Golf. Um, like it's fake. Okay, and that's fair. But I, I won at Fake Golf on Friday, like out of based out of like on based on what out of like twelve people, like like the most hit, points. And remind me, uh, you get that by hitting closest to the flag within the point yes. section. Okay. Yeah. And I will say, like, uh, and this was for like Courtney's. Uh, co-workers and some of their friends like one of her co-workers had a birthday so we got invited and so we went out and so everybody was like new to me and I was just like man I'm gonna look like a fool out here but uh, I, uh, I whiffed my first swing like just caught air and then after that it, it did pretty well hmm. and um, I would I would uh, make it into the second closest target like not the closest one to us but consistently the second one there was one dude that was hitting the back fence and I'm just like, okay, he that looks incredible, but he's not getting any points. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, anyway. I think that, people are playing it. That's the closest I've gotten to playing golf in a really long time. And um, I did okay. I still don't think I could go with you. I think I would piss you off. Uh, but no. <laughs> I don't know. I Like, I think I'm not convinced I could hit it, like, super hard down the drive. You know what I mean? That's okay. Yeah. That, that's okay. And I'll, I get this a lot. Like, I know Michael has said this to me before. Several people have been like, oh, you know, you don't want to play with me. I'm going to shoot 100 more strokes than you. And, mm -hmm. you know, dude, it depends on the day. I could be right there with you. You yeah. could outdrive me certain days. Hmm. Um, if I'm, if I've got the yips or something, like, you never know what's going to happen. If I'm on, yeah, I'm going to school you. But I don't care if you're not hitting it well. Yeah. The main thing that's going to piss me off is, like, pace of play situation. Uh -huh. If you... Like, I would much rather you hit two or three little straight screamers down the fairway. As long as we're moving. Than the guy that, you know, hits a big drive into the, the grass, and then we spend 15 minutes looking for the ball. Got it. As long as you're willing to say, ball is <laughs> lost, I spent 30 seconds looking for it, I'm going to drop it right here. Well, I'll just walk a couple feet, and I'll be like, mine's right there. Yeah. Yeah. Just just rolled off the tee a little. Okay. But so, if, you're, if you're down. You know what we should do? Before we hit 100 before we hit episode 100 oh i thought you meant like age yeah no so, yeah before we yeah. i'm like i'm not gonna make it to 100 buddy yeah, before we hit episode 100 i think we need to go play around of golf okay yeah yeah for sure I, yeah. I would love to go out if anything that's good content for the for you listeners i, I feel oh definitely and I'll, yeah. I'll be taking video of that as well awesome i got some great video of me and my buddy uh david richardson um <laughs> he he chose the most inopportune shots to do slow-mos of me uh -huh. they were all unusable but i got this one of him that man he just uh he he pisses me off because pace of play i'm like dude hit the ball yeah. like he's over here just like cracking jokes mm -hmm. taking practice swings like i will have teed off and be in the cart and he's like putting his glove on to take yeah. a shot i'm like hit the ball smack the ball let's go i will say like i'm a very timely person 
if we if we're moving like because we're going to be out there and i'm assuming we're going to get dinner after so i'm i'm like i'm like already looking at the menu on my phone while we're, <laughs> like while we're on hole two this is a completely different golf game than i'm used to <laughs> hole two yeah can i put in my order for the clubhouse now <laughs> yeah i perfect we're good. You know that at the <laughs> after the ninth hole, uh, there, there could be a clubhouse stop, so you can get yourself a little, get yourself a little hot dog. Oh, before we continue on. Well, the nice golf courses like Cowboys Golf Club out in Grapevine, you know, they've got beer cart girls, the best looking in the Metroplex, mm-hmm. BT Dubs, and they've got a grill. Yeah, located at holes like I think it's like seven, nine, eleven. Mm-hmm. They, they all kind of border that, and they'll fry it up right for you right there. Gotcha. It's amazing. Okay. It'll be 158 degrees in that hut, and you'll smell nothing but just Dior, Vicky Secret, mm-hmm. and all these amazing perfumes coming out of there. That's what's up. It, it's wild. You really can like, you can judge a place by by that mm-hmm. in many ways. I like. But it. let's definitely do that. Um, David, it was so funny. I it kind of worked not in my favor because. I hit a couple good ones, and he's like, how'd you do that? And I was like, you know how I did it? I wasn't laughing, goofing around, you know, lollygagging. Mm-hmm. I got up there. I didn't use my practice swings for my best swings. I just yeah. smacked the ball. So I said, if you just quit lollygagging and, and jawjacking um, and just got up there and just hit the ball, you know, you'd probably be better. And yeah. so he started doing that, and I think he drove the ball better than he ever had in a round mm-hmm. together. We played match play, and I, I don't think either of us had our best stuff at all. We both got there like five minutes before the tee time, so yeah. I think I hit five or ten balls. Nice. Um, he didn't hit any, but we ended up tying the match play, which was perfect because, oh, wow. um, you know, it, it was came down to the 18th hole, and we were all tied. And um, I think that he sunk a putt to to tie it. And we like hugged and we were like, oh, that's the perfect ending, you know, no, neither of us owes each other a dollar type deal. And yeah, um, actually, he owes me like fifty dollars. He, he never paid me for that round. So, David, <laughs> if you're listening, this up. my bad, bro. Hit, hit your boy on Venmo. <laughs> um, anyway, props to you. I mean, Top Golf is fun. Yeah, it's not the same mindset. Oh, like, I, yeah. And I completely understand that. Like, I love getting out there for the serenity like Mm -hmm. i don't like the people that play music on the golf cart okay if you ask me about my preference i'm gonna say yeah i'm not i'm not about that plus it's always like the freshly divorced playlist like it feels Uh, like i'm 45 in addison texas mm -hmm. like on a sunday afternoon date no but i need like uh, some song don't stop believing okay um it's i mean extrapolate every adjacent song to that yeah you know, uh, born in the USA. Like, okay. It's just terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> it's right. always that guy that's alone you. on yeah. Father's Day, and you're like, mm-hmm. you know, he has kids. <laughs> he, <laughs> he doesn't talk to him. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I'm right. making generalizations, mm-hmm. but um, I enjoy Top Golf. I just think the frustrating thing about Top Golf too is that it's a thousand dollars to go to Top Golf. Yeah. It like, was somebody's birthday, so I uh, true. I didn't but have to, yeah. If you get drinks, if you get cheese fries, if you mm-hmm. keep rolling over that bay for an hour, you know, I think just sitting there for an hour is fifty five dollars or more, <laughs> something like that, yeah. for the actual bay rental. So you know, I've gone before and it's just been hundreds of dollars, yeah. and I'm thinking like, like you could 
and and you could be playing like you know real golf for well every listener I, I guarantee you there's a billion listeners out there that um well not a billion for no, our show I mean but yeah no there are people that have been to top golf that listen to this show have spent two hundred dollars mm-hmm. on a Friday night at top golf I mean for two hundred dollars you could get the VIP ideal golfer pass to Cowboys Golf Club where they have amazing practice areas. You walk into the clubhouse, ask for a Gatorade, they just hand it to you because all food is included and you can either have brunch or dinner on the front or back see, end of your round. See, this episode one of this podcast, you should have been leading with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm much more involved and interested now. Yeah. <laughs> I, you're just going to rank golf courses by their clubhouse food moving forward. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's... Uh, so from that perspective, and some of the golf courses that I used to play more, like my home course, Tennis and Glen, mm-hmm. that I would walk religiously like two or three times a week, I would walk it for $12 a round. Mm. So at the time that you've hit 12 holes, it's a dollar a hole. Yeah. You can just, I would often play 12, 15, 16 holes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would skip 13 and 14, just kind of cut over to hole 15. Um, but it's 28 to ride that one. Yeah. Um, I, I spend a lot more on golf rounds now that I golf less frequently. Mm-hmm. And I also don't golf alone as much anymore. Got it. Uh, at all. Yeah. I used to get to now I'm typically the rounds on the weekends are much more social with somebody else. Mm, okay. Mainly cause you know, I either play with Scott, I play with David sometimes mm-hmm. would love to get out with friends like you. My yeah. dad is much more religious about playing golf now. So, nice. uh, he's much more of a, a viable candidate that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, sometimes felt guilty asking him to to play because he's he's pretty much done after the the front nine or maybe 12 yeah um but i think he's enjoyed it more uh recently he got his new maverick callaway irons and mm-hmm. uh, his membership and all that so we've been enjoying going out and playing as well nice love that but yeah anxious yeah, to be down. get you out there man yeah let's do it uh so you were in round rock uh-huh. When to win? Um, let's see. Mon- um, Monday to Wednesday? Uh, the second through the fifth, whatever those days were. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's it's all about to... I, I realized, like, I was looking at listeners going up mm-hmm. and looking at how we're becoming more routine about this again, and I just realized, oh, it's like, it's going to be the fall. You know, it's going to yeah. be the fall semester. That's why SNL and all these shows don't debut new episodes during the yeah. summer because it's like everybody's been here, there, and yon. Yeah. In the corporate world, it's been so weird because uh, basically all of July and into the first week of August, it was just like kind of dead because mm-hmm. you couldn't get a cross-functional team together to make a decision or to even kind of ingest a demo. Everybody was kind of out. Everybody was out. And... If you were talking to a, a champion or a buyer, a point of contact internally, um, you know, they're kind of blueprinting for you. Well, okay, Susan in HR is going to need to see this mm-hmm. and uh, Tracy and employee experience and uh, Ron, our CFO, you know, we, we're going to want to socialize this with him. Yeah. The next time that we're all together, you know, where we could mm-hmm. actually attend a, a Zoom call or appreciate social won't be until, you know, late August. So mm. I think that we had this brief window of time, almost similar to, uh, I don't remember what, some point last year, but we had this brief moment of time where it's like, if you were vaccinated, you were no longer wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, travel was open and everybody was globally going back to school for in-person instruction. And then corporate was, was to follow that. Right. A lot of corporations were going back September 7th, you know, right after Labor Day. Mm -hmm. As of this past week, I got word, I think on, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday, uh, my first enterprise customer uh, told me that the day prior they'd made the decision that the entire enterprise of like 3,000 people would not be going back to the office on September 7th. Oh. And they did not reschedule it either. They mm -hmm. pushed it indefinitely. So I feel like within the last two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I was asking you, what's your go back to work strategy? Yeah. You know, because a lot of the buyers that I talk to internally are the people that roll that out in concert mm -hmm. with other teams. And here's how we're going to do hybrid. You know, accounting and engineering is going to come in Tuesdays and Thursdays. They'll be remote Monday, Wednesday, Friday. This team has this special circumstance, whatever the planning was. Mm -hmm. And so I was getting all the lowdown on how hybrid you were going to be. And everybody was a different scenario. As of this past week, I started asking people like, are your go back to work strategies, you know, remaining intact? Are they still the same? Mm -hmm. And towards the end of the week, even from Monday to Friday, it started to get more nebulous, more shaky. Yeah. And well, we're going to try this, but now we're hearing X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Just feels like this Delta variant is really kicking up. Uh, I saw that June 22 was like the lowest number of hospitalizations that we were averaging with about 11,000. Yeah. We're back to like 100,000 daily, I think, new cases nice. uh, with the Delta variant. Yeah, that's And it's led to things like, you know, my family has travel booked to New York City mm -hmm. uh, next month, late September. Yeah, so and, you wonder. Well, I, I keep telling them, I'm like, I know we're going to get to go. I don't know, you know. What you're going to get to do. I don't know how this is going to work in some ways or, or what we're going to have access to because I don't know if you saw but Mayor Bill de Blasio launched the first vaccine passport situation out of NYC this week. Oh, really? So to attend anywhere, first of all, it's mandatory masks indoors. Mm -hmm. And you have to prove that you've gotten the vaccine, like a double shot vaccine, mm -hmm. um, to get the passport to be able to enter any bar, restaurant, grocery store, museum, yeah. attraction. So, I mean, my whole family's good to go on that front, but... good. That's just the precaution now. Right. So I don't even know what we're going to. It'll worsen. Mm hmm Yeah. Well, especially as it gets cooler, mm -hmm. the days get, you know, um, shorter. Yeah. It, it's very concerning. And I don't even know. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Could be a huge tailwind for obviously our business, which mm -hmm. appreciate helps people create stronger relationships especially in remote times with our yeah. appreciate social tool. Um, but you know, it's, uh, I said this to the team several times last week. I was like, well, great for our business, terrible for our mental health, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, granted we're offering the antidote to some of this, but nothing is ever going to replace the ability to just go hug people, yeah. see their full face, you know, mm -hmm. gauge their reactions to things, see the laughter, the smiles. Yeah. It, it was interesting at the teacher convention, uh, at the very first meeting, at the beginning of everything, um, one of our conference members was up there talking and he said, um, you know, masks are highly recommended, but obviously like you can't really enforce it. And I would say a very strong majority of people like were not wearing masks. 
Um, and I, I get it. Like, I know a lot of people who got vaccinated. They're like, I got vaccinated. Why do I have to continue wearing the mask and stuff? But I don't think they know, know exactly how. I don't think those people know exactly how COVID spreads and stuff. But uh, Well, nobody knows how COVID spreads because yeah. we've gotten 50 different variations of this. Like, oh, it's going to cling mm-hmm. to surfaces for two weeks. Oh, it turns out that was bull. Yeah. Um, you know. I think that there's a lot of vaccinated people that are carriers of COVID that are Mm -hmm. giving it to other people and have COVID themselves. And right now it's like this weird loop where the vaccinated are blaming the unvaccinated and they're saying like, you're going to set us all back. And then the unvaccinated are looking at the vaccinated and saying, you're vaccinated, you're getting COVID anyway. Mm -hmm. So like, why would I get vaccinated or whatever? Um, you obviously have like the QAnon Trump right wing contingency that's like my freedom. Mm-hmm. You ain't gonna jab me, <laughs> America, <laughs> NASCAR, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you also have, I think that one of the largest segments is actually um, young people and people of color and immigrants that mm-hmm. are in a wait and see category. That's yeah. like a that's a healthy percentage of the unvaccinated population, but what I've also heard now is that vaccines that enable a disease to kind of like lay dormant within you actually proves to be a better breeding ground for more extreme variations of that said disease. Mm. So we could be propelling Delta variant and whatever sister virus, viri, <laughs> viruses are going to come out um, by being vaccinated. So it's like a, it's in us, That's but comforting. you know what I mean? Like, so I'm just reading all these different articles that are even CNN is like disputing itself. Like there's a ticker on CNN right now that says 68% of eligible Americans have received at least one shot. Yeah. I read an article updated eight hours ago that said, uh, you know, less than half of the U S population is vaccinated. And I'm like, mm-hmm. which one is it? CNN? Come on, Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> Numbers don't lie. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I don't know. It's, New York vaccine, passport, masks, COVID, Delta variant. Seems Delta like plus. A, dude, uh, my my boss, our CRO at Appreciate lives. Uh, I don't know if I've told you about this, but he's actually in the UK. Okay. Um, he was a big he was the general manager of like Europe and APAC and EMEA for WebEx back in the day. Mm-hmm. He kind of led their their application discovery process before they sold to Cisco. And then he was a, a senior director over Europe and APAC for AT&T prior to uh, retiring. Mm-hmm. And then he came out of retirement uh, to work with us because he believes in the product and kind of what it signals for the future. Well, he's um, in the Isle of Wight, a little island off the coast of the UK. Mm-hmm. Like It's kind of like if you just go straight to your 10 o'clock, uh, you hit London dead center um, once you go you know, through this... Uh, ferry channel pass whatever Got it. so he splits time between the isle of white and then his chateau in france mm-hmm. and most recently he was transitioning back from france to the isle of white and it was so disruptive because he had to pay out of pocket for all of these tests to prove that they were safe to travel and then once they did get back he had to like file paperwork mm-hmm. i think that they, there was a mandatory 10 or 14 day 
like sequestering period where they had to um, socially distance regardless of like their status. Sure. And he was often having to leave meetings because there'd be a knock at the door or a phone call and he'd be like, oh, it's the COVID police. I'll mm. be right back. And like people are physically wow. calling and checking up on you. And I'm like, are they like sealing your door or mm -hmm. what? And so by day nine or 10, he was stir crazy. Yeah. Older gentleman, oh, still sure. stir crazy. And I was like, you know, these other countries, I think it was France that had done the mandatory vaccine passport. Mm -hmm. And they said, if you want to go anywhere, you got to get a vaccine. Yeah. And I think that they boosted their numbers of vaccinated population considerably yeah. by doing that. But it, you know, Texas and Florida as two of the largest world power economies yep. up against some of these European countries. Texas is the 10th largest economy in the world mm -hmm. by itself. The fact that we have governors that have signed these uh, no mandatory mask mandates as executive orders where no local legislative branch or, um, you know, Clay Jenkins, Emperor Jenkins here in Dallas cannot mandate mm -hmm. mask wearing because the governor has already superseded him. Yeah. And thoughts? Oh man. Um I I don't know. Okay. Right. So I I very much vacillate between like a libertarian point of view where it's like, hey, your right to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose. And there's portions of me that are kind of very authoritarian, big city Democrat in some ways, where I'm like, hey, if we all need a vaccination and we, we see the handwriting on the wall for the world, make everybody get it. You know, like if we have other vaccines that you routinely get administered at different points in childhood, and that's why we no longer have meningitis or polio or whatever, like who am I to dispute that? Yeah. Um, you know, even with the NSA and like information um, gathering and stuff like that, sometimes I'm like, you know what? Mm -hmm. You know, I assume everybody's seeing what I'm keystroking anyway. So, right. you know, uh, Apple just announced that they're going to be. Uh, perusing your iCloud for um, any child porn. You know, like mm -hmm. they just put everyone on notice that whatever you upload to the iCloud could be reviewed by Apple corporate and turned over to the FBI. Yeah. So I really think that it's kind of a big brother society. I don't know what to think about the whole mandatory vaccination thing. Like I think in some ways I surprised myself by getting vaccinated so quickly. I know I surprised friends of mine and for sure I've been surprised in many ways that I, I feel like many of my friends have not gotten vaccinated mm -hmm. and they don't trust it. You know, they're, they're in the wait and see category. Yeah. Like normal, relevant, educated, like beyond undergrad educated type people that don't want the vaccine. Yeah. I got my first shot on Friday. Did you? I did. So you were in this camp, honestly, that I wasn't going to call out on, on air as much, but I knew that you had not gotten it. Mm -hmm. You were, Characterize your experience. You were in the wait and see camp. Yes, um, like uh, Courtney and I are by no means a like anti-vaxxers or anything, but just yeah, it was kind of wait and see. Um, but uh, Cook, her hospital that she works at, they're making it's mandatory to get a vaccine if you want to continue working there. Just now, mm -hmm. I was surprised that she hadn't gotten vaccinated far prior. Well, again, there, and it's not like we believe everything that we read, but we wanted to make sure because there were reports that, you know, it kind of messed with fertility and stuff like that. And it's like, well, we want to have a family and 
kind of want to make sure, you know, so we were just like kind of looking at it from all angles, but, um, but yeah, I mean, once they said you need to get it, like we had no, no qualms, we went and got it. So it's hard because, uh, have people had adverse reactions to the vaccine? They have, Mm -hmm. you know, those documented cases are out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I know statistically they probably aren't great. Personally, I feel as though my health has been spotty Mm -hmm. ever since taking the vaccine. Um, I'm often the type that's like, I don't want to get a flu shot because I don't want to get the flu. You know, like, don't give me a mild variation of the flu in hopes that I don't get full blown flu. Like, let me just roll the dice. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, with this, I I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll be honest, like, I... I shed some tears on the way to go get it. Um, just be like, it's, it's tough sometimes just still even conversing about COVID for me. And then, and then everybody, you know, Oh, well, I don't want to get it. And, um, you know, I don't want to wear a mask and stuff. And, you know, I just feel like I personally, you know, you can have your own thoughts on it, but you should be, I feel like people should be more considerate of, of how they talk because I I'm still hearing people that like, just do not take COVID seriously uh, because they didn't experience anybody around them that had it. Even, even if they, a lot of these people didn't even have like have friend groups that got it and ended up being okay. Like they just, it's just completely off their radar. They didn't see anybody experience like the symptoms, like, not only was I emotional going to get it because it was, you know, stirring up some of the stuff with my dad, but like it was even stirring, like I was worried about the symptoms I would get from the vaccine because I remember when I had COVID and how crappy that was and like laying in my bed, and, you know, struggling to breathe myself. Um, and so that's, and I, I guess I didn't really realize it until I was in the car, but I think that was another reason why I had been hesitant on getting it because I didn't really want to like, even if it was just a little bit of the symptoms, um, it's just something that worried me. And, um, I know it laid you out. Like you were, mm -hmm. I remember never forget your text where you're like, Hey, the, the difficulty breathing thing is no joke. Like, you know, I was winded from like turning turning over over in bed type deal. So, and I'm glad that you were, uh, I'm glad that you were forthcoming on this. Cause like, Mm -hmm. I'm in the same boat where I often feel awkward or weird or out of place discussing anything to do with COVID with you because yeah, you had such an immediate loss with that. And I also, uh, I, you of all people, I was kind of like, in terms of vac- vaccination choice, mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want because you've kind of been dealt. Yeah. You know, it, I can't, I can't, um, I can try to identify with the PTSD that you have from the pandemic as a whole, mm-hmm. but I don't know what kind of dis, you know role that would play in my decision making process in terms of vaccination or not. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it can just be draining. Like, and to be honest, a couple of weeks ago, whenever you had brought up the Delta variation, I literally had no like I haven't watched any news. I had no clue that. Like there was another serious, serious, uh, variant, um, like that. And, you know, so I've been kind of reading up on it since that week and like it, it is draining and 
you know, there, it seemed like you know, there were some rays of sun and that it, it might be kind of over soon. You know, the numbers were dwindling and now they're spiking back up again. And it's a scary thing. Um, and not even for like, oh, you know, poor me and the things that I've gone through. But like, I don't want to see others go through that in the future, like with this new variant. And so, you like at the teaching convention, I wore a mask the whole time. And whenever school starts, I'm probably going to be wearing a mask for a while in my classroom. You wore a mask at uh, at Round Rock? Yeah. See, you know, that's super responsible of you. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that you said that because, you know, it's like you weren't vaccinated up until this point. And so that's a responsible thing for you to do. You've already had mm -hmm. COVID. You probably have the antibodies for it. That's what a lot of people are saying. Like, well, I had it. Yeah. The antibodies are more present in my body mm -hmm. than those that you know, uh, got the, got the vaccine, but never had the disease in the first place. Right. Um, when I mentioned the Delta variant, first of all, that was probably out of place because I'm, I know I was no. talking about some of the, the good things that are coming up later this year. And I, I, I didn't want to doom them or yeah, put no. bad omens on them in terms of the weddings and all of this. But my, even the, the family trip to, uh, to New York city for my mom's 60th, like you know, I didn't want to jinx that, but you know, we you were in such about denial yeah. about everything up until this point that I'm like, you know what, let's just be honest and extrapolate mm -hmm. one of the worst outcomes that could potentially happen, which is that we're, we're steeped back in and that, you know, I'm not barring the idea of lockdowns again. Mm -hmm. I think that other people in the world are experiencing lockdowns. Like we might again. Yeah. And the Delta variant also, I, I think that we've talked several times about how timely last week's episode was, and we'll mm -hmm. get more into that. But I was bringing that up like as it was really cropping up because yeah. I remember Delta variant was like on Twitter, on the news, kind of like it, kind of like COVID was mm -hmm. back when this was only relegated to like Asia, right? You know, when it was like, oh, COVID, it's mm -hmm. not going to do anything. That that's kind of what I was seeing. And I was like, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, forecast that this is going to be a bigger deal than we think. Yeah. It's uh, more contagious. I don't know that it's more deadly. Mm -hmm. It might be, I don't know, but every day that week, I just saw it trended harder. Yeah. It was becoming more of a situation. And this week, I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's everywhere. I mean, yeah. we're up 10 times over on daily active new cases. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy thing. And, uh, like, I don't mind discussing it with you and I don't want you to ever feel like you kind of have to hold back and talking with it because you, I mean, this is for the listeners to know, like, and I think I've said it before, but like you and I can discuss openly and I don't even mind doing it on air, but like you were with me during all of that, right? Like we, like you were, you were one of the friends that was by my side throughout all of that. And so you like, we can talk about anything and I, I'm cool with it because I also know regardless of your decisions, like you are kind of hyper aware of the, you know, the circumstances surrounding me. And, uh, I know that you take that into account, but hyper aware. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm hyper aware. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it's been, you know, I booked, uh, our Airbnb for our honeymoon and I'm like, fingers oh, crossed, you know, like hopefully, hopefully we get to go. Can um, you share where that is? Hawaii, baby. Oh shoot. Hawaii. Hawaii. You've never been, have you? No. I've never been either. Yeah, we got a BA um little little condo on the on the 
on the water and um dude i'm gonna start booking excursions next so i'm so jealous that's that's amazing john and sarah just went on their honeymoon to hawaii for two weeks oh yeah yeah um maybe a month or two ago now Mm -hmm. it might have been may um dude Let's not let that happen. Like, yeah. I swear, people get we'll married. Go, yeah, we're only going for a week. Um, <laughs> people get married and you just don't get to talk to them as much anymore. But yeah. um, I'm like, yeah, it was like yesterday in May. <laughs> um, but that's awesome, dude. Yeah, man. If you're in an Airbnb, I would think that you'd be fine. Sure. Um, I guess, yeah, more so as, as far as like actually getting their travel. Uh, hopefully there's not any issues there. And then... Um, just the kind of excursions and and stuff that we want to do and eateries and whatnot. So, um, yeah, just, just kind of hoping everything, everything's all right. Well, I am too. And, and Courtney and I always knew that we were going to be getting uh, vaxxed before our honeymoon anyway. So, um, I think we were just kind of delaying the inevitable, just honestly to get kind of get a feel. Um, just see if I died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you, or if you started like sprouting a tail or anything. You know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How fun would that be? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. uh, I've spent my whole life chasing my own tail as it is. So <laughs> to actually have one physically would be justified. Yeah, man. Well, that's cool. I, I do. Uh, I am hyper aware and I have um, mainly because your situation uh, was my closest situation mm-hmm. by far. Yeah. Nothing else bad happened besides that. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. So, um, but I am kind of relieved in some ways to hear that, uh, you guys are taking that process now. Yeah. I'm feeling okay. Um, as far as symptoms felt like a little, uh, warm and like maybe tension yesterday in my head. Um, other than that, my arm's just a little sore and I'm good. Wait for shot number two, buddy. I, I hear that. Are you Moderna or Pfizer? Pfizer up. Interesting. I don't, it seems like everybody I know got Pfizer, but I got Moderna. Yeah, I'm hearing, I don't know. I think they're all good, but the majority of people, like a lot of my uh, medical friends got Pfizer. So I'm just like, yeah, that's, that sounds, I don't know. I didn't really look up the difference. Courtney told me to get Pfizer, so I got Pfizer. Yeah. It's convenient to just be able to turn to your partner and they're a, a library of medical information. <laughs> um, well, that rages on. We'll have to see. You know, mm-hmm. it's definitely affected the Olympics. It's affected yeah. major sport. It, it's interesting. We're sitting here watching. I don't even know which, which tournament this is. But since we last met up in the golf world, shout out to Xander Schauffele holding it down for the U.S. Mm-hmm. Winning men's gold in the Olympics. And as recently as this weekend, shout out to Nelly Corda holding it down for the U.S. winning women's Olympic gold. Nice. The U.S. swept the golds for golf, men and women, which is um, that is so cool. That is one of the most competitive international sports Mm -hmm. where, you know, I was talking to a, a friend that I was talking to a friend that was over and I was just kind of recapping. She was like, so do you know all the players like? even from other countries. And I, I literally paused, it was on the leaderboard and I'm like, yeah. So Cam Smith, he's from down under and mm-hmm. he has this mullet and his girlfriend hates it. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I just, she was like, Oh, you're really into this. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, that was a yes or no question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this ain't no top golf shoddy. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, uh, shout out to them for holding it down. One of the big stories was Bryson DeChambeau, uh-huh. you know, Dallas, Dallas boy, SMU grad. He was diagnosed with COVID and said, I'm not going to get the vaccine. I don't need it. I'm a young, healthy person. I've mm-hmm. developed antibodies. And bro, the minute that goes live on the internet, it's just like, you know, I, I've been in Mark Cuban's Twitter all day because mm-hmm. he's made the best analogies about yeah, getting the I, vaccine. I liked one on my way here. Yeah, the uh, blackjack. Uh, I didn't even see that one. This was the most like apropos one. Yeah. Don't touch your phone so we don't get that stuff. Yeah, I, I left it over there. It's on. Yeah. Do not disturb. Um, let me read this. Let me read this to you. Yeah. What did the cubes have to say? Um, okay. So 23 hours ago, he said, listening to the anti-vaxxers reminds me of playing blackjack and watching someone at your table with 16 explain why they won't hit against the dealer's ace or face card. The table's response when the dealer turns a five or lower is pretty much how vaccinated America feels right now. Mm. If you've ever played the end corner of a blackjack table in a casino, which I have, and I... I'll never forget sitting down next to four little old Asian men one time mm-hmm. and they had, they had that um, business owner money out on the table. You know, they had hundreds of dollars per hand and I'm over here hitting on a five, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> like a minimum bet with the ante or whatever. And I remember I lost them thousands of dollars on that hand and learned a valuable lesson that day that the table is playing against the house and yeah. you work as a team, as a unit. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to play that in spot on the table and make the decision for the the team. You know, I'm often asking them, what should I do? Mm -hmm. You know, based on what you're seeing, what the dealer has. Um, And you can very much control everyone's outcome versus the house or the variant. I had no idea about this. I thought everybody kind of played individually. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, technically, yes. But Mm -hmm. so dealer deals out. Let's say there's three people at the table. And during COVID, there's three people at these tables. There's seat in between. So uh, they deal their their first couple of cards face down. They take one. They deal the next one face up. They take one. If they flip over a king, Mm -hmm. you have to assume that they have a 10 underneath or an ace. Um, If they flip over a face card, they're going to check it with their little mirror to make sure that they didn't just get a blackjack. Right. Um, you know, at which case they would offer you insurance. They would flip it over if it's blackjack and everybody groans. Mm-hmm. Well, if the person in seat one, you know, they go clockwise. If the person in seat one gets an 18, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to be fine. Right. If the second person gets whatever, the whole point being that people know with card counting, you know, if these cards are, are present on the table and the dealer has this, this is the etiquette. Because see, so I I I was under the assumption that they played with more than one deck, so there were, so it made it more difficult to count cards. I don't know how all that works. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to count cards. Some people do. It's obviously highly illegal. Yeah. You know, they'll bury you with the cement. Yeah. I've seen the movie Twenty One. Cement I've, feet. Yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, it's great. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but. The whole point being that if I'm in the last chair, I'm getting the last cards out of that slot before the dealer inevitably gets those cards. Mm-hmm. And if the dealer has cards that lead me to think that they could pull the 10 and bust and everybody at the table, whether they had a 12 or a 20 or whatever, they're going to win their hand. 
you have to work on behalf of the table. Yeah. So you're often seeking counsel from, I asked the dealer, I also asked the guys next to me, mm -hmm. guys or girls next to me. Um, so I thought that that analogy from Mark Cuban was really powerful. I liked it. I didn't retweet it. Mm -hmm. Not trying to be that political on Twitter. Sure. Yeah, but all in all, and for that reason, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> and for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> Dude, that's one of the funniest comeback memes on Twitter when mm -hmm. you you tweet a shark going, yeah. and for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> I think Alec did that to uh, one of your tweets the probably. other day. Perfect timing. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, what was the one that you thought was so powerful? Um, he was just saying, uh, I think I had the word like anti-vaxxers in it. Uh, if you go to my, you can, it's the last tweet that I liked. If you go to my profile. Um, I never go through people's likes. Me in neither. Fact, and, yeah. And maybe like, don't scroll through afterward. Like, I don't know what I'm liking, but. Well, that's the thing. Like, uh, actually I do. Nothing's, nothing's crazy. You can go through my likes. Um, yeah. So people understand Mark Cuban. This is Brad's last like. Uh, from three hours ago. So people understand COVID math. If 100% of people are vaxxed, then 100% of cases will be people who are vaxxed. We will have avoided 95% of cases and 99.99% of deaths. As the percentage of vaxxed people grows, so will the reports of more vaxxed people getting COVID. Don't be fooled. Yeah. And so I hate whenever people are like, oh, uh, you know, if you're vaxxed and still getting it, why would I? Um, well, it would make sense that that they're still getting COVID, but the symptoms are not as severe due to them getting the vaccine. The That's best, my understanding. The best actual analogy that I've heard is um, Moderna, Pfizer vaccines are just seatbelts. Mm -hmm. Seatbelts have never prevented a car accident. Mm. What they have prevented is some of the damage and death that can occur when in said accident. Yeah. So you, you're going to get COVID just like the next guy. Um, your your results, your outcomes will be less severe with mm. the vaccine. I like that. So that I mean, that's the most apropos analogy I've heard up until this point. That's good. But yeah, I think that those of us in Texas and in Florida, kind of circling back to how this all started with how do I feel about the governor's signing executive orders that no local muni could like you know, either restrict capacity, make masks mandatory. Mm -hmm. I don't know, dude. Yeah. I love it from a freedom perspective because, you know, Abbott's able to sit down there in red Texas and say, well, mm -hmm. this many counties are red. We're going to make this decision. But my favorite thing is living in the bluest area of a red state. Yeah. It's the best of all worlds. Right. You know, I'm in this culture district with, all sorts of different lifestyles and persuasions. You know, there's there's gay people running around, straight people, bi people, Muslim people, mm -hmm. apathetic people, agnostics, Catholics, uh, men, women, trans, poly, whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's no state income tax. <laughs> you know, I can carry a gun around. <laughs> like <laughs> it's uh, it's like the perfect mix of everything. Uh, oh shoot, he nailed that. Um, sorry, <laughs> should turn this off. Uh, but I, I don't know, you know, if I could be guaranteed that we could just nip this in the bud once and for all with these preventative measures, it'd probably be all down. Yeah. There is no guarantee of that. And this thing is evolving such that, you know, I, I don't think that well-intentioned scientists can always foresee the future. And there's so much debate around who the scientists are working for in yeah. some of these pockets that, 
It's tragic. Yes. I agree. It's tragic. And our politicians, it's just like, we should be, I mean, so take Texas, for instance. Did you see the big thing with all the Texas Democrats that were trying to sit out this one vote about the Voting Rights Act or something like Mm -hmm. that, where people, Republicans wanted people to show some sort of voter ID Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to vote, and Democrats didn't want it. And so a group of Texas Democratic Congress people uh, got on a private plane, no masks, and they flew to D.C. from the Texas State House, mm. and like did a picket thing. You know, drew all this attention. Um, were not present for the vote, and I think it was either Abbott or Dan Patrick, the lieutenant governor, like literally issued like a warrant for their arrest upon you know rearrival or yeah. something crazy. They were like, we can arrest these people for. Um, you know, being absent from their duty and half of those people got COVID. (laughs) And so the, the big photo op became like, well, wear your mask, don't travel, don't leave your house. But if you're a democratic Congress man or woman, you know, board a private plane that's emitting CO2 and killing the environment and give everyone COVID. Yeah. So what was the purpose of them skipping out instead of just showing up and voting? No social media. (laughs) Okay. They weren't going to do the vote, and so they just took a stand, and they did it in a major way. They got on a flight, uh, wasted taxpayer money, went to D.C. They infected people in the White House, and it was just like, you know, when Trump did this kind of thing, it was all hell would break loose. But Mm -hmm. if Biden or somebody does it, or Democrats, oh, free pass. Yeah. Free pass. Yeah. Hate that. So you haven't followed anything in the mainstream or news politics? No, I mean, I've been staying, like, I was working on my master's classes all summer. um, And then at Courtney's, um, we we just have streaming services. We don't have, uh, we don't even have local channels. And so unless it came up on my Twitter feed, I I really didn't see much this summer. Now, now that I'll be back in school, um, I'll probably be more up to date on a lot of that stuff, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the big news from the past week or two is uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Mm-hmm. Have you seen anything about this? Um, maybe there have been rumblings for uh, quite a while that he was a sexual har- harasser yeah i did this did this was on my feed so this week new york attorney general uh who apparently is far left leticia james Mm -hmm. came out with a scathing like just report that concluded that these are credible allegations they went back through and they they recounted in graphic detail a lot of the things that he had done that Mm -hmm. he had said little faux pas, more overt, overt faux pas, and uh, kind of all hell broke loose this week on that Jeez. Uh, to the extent that, you know, everybody in the New York State House wants to impeach him. Um, Biden came out and said, yes, he should resign because, as I stated months ago, if the allegations are real and credible, then he should resign. And so that was confirmed this week mm-hmm. um, from the highest office in the land. Yeah. And uh, then the blowback on his, his brother you know, we've learned about the nepotism and the fact that Chris Cuomo and the family and high donor friends, you know, got 
preferential treatment with COVID testing. They got police escorts to the hospital whenever they would need anything. Like it was very much a pay to play scheme. And, and now with this sexual harassment stuff, Andrew Cuomo came out and did another PowerPoint, essentially like what he won an Emmy for, mm-hmm. you know, cause you know, he won an Emmy for all those daytime yes, yeah. PowerPoint presentations back in the height of the pandemic. Yeah. He, uh, did another one where he said, I need to go out on record. I have never sexually harassed anyone. I've never touched anyone inappropriately. I've never made overt sexual advances. I'm Italian. You know, I kiss people. I yeah, hold people I, with both hands. I hold their faces with both hands. I kiss, I kiss women. I kiss men. I yeah. So then he did a slideshow of him, like, you know, kissing Bill Clinton to the Dalai Lama, to yeah. this woman, to that woman. Mm-hmm. Just what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you believe at this point? Um, I believe that, uh, I believe that he believes about half of what he's saying. Okay. I think that. That he doesn't view some of what he's doing as bad. I think that he's 63 years old from an Italian mafioso family of American political elite. His father was the governor of New York, had his own scandals. You know, his brother is a high powered New York individual, you know, in the major media and a lawyer in his own right. And I think that um, there has been a lot of impropriety. Uh, Chris Cuomo was actually caught basically trying to liaise CNN staff to get out in front of this. He was part of his brother's like crisis communications team, which, Mm -hmm. you know, if he's a, a leading granted opinion journalist on CNN primetime, highly inappropriate, a lot of nepotism, you know, it's, the big bad machine versus everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that was really disgusting. I think that Andrew Cuomo has always been physical with people and men and women. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that to a certain extent because I'm one of those people. Like mm-hmm. I hug all of my coworkers. Yeah. And sometimes like we met, we met one of our, newest female recruits mm-hmm. at a happy hour in real life one time. And at the end of the happy hour, I'd hugged everybody, everybody else. There was a guy. And I, I just told her, I said, sorry, I'm a hugger. Like, you know, I, mm-hmm. and she was already going for it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, but I was like, the first time I meet you, like maybe we shake hands to begin with, but mm-hmm. I don't do well with that. Like yeah. my hugs are not inappropriate at all. Yeah. But I'm like, we, we just have to do this because, you know, we're on an intimate familial team. Yeah. I've always enjoyed working on teams with between 10 and 15 people. And in that kind of situation, I remember in my old studio job, I was going to get updates from the developers and I was getting shoulder massages while they were showing <laughs> me over their shoulder what was yeah. going on on screen. Mm-hmm. That was not abnormal. Male, female, anything. Mm-hmm. Never was accused of anything. But I also was like almost indignant that there seem to be separate rules for separate people. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the creepy guy, the ugly guy in the office, could he do that? Meanwhile, you know, I could date in semi-professional situations mm-hmm. and have everyone's blessing. Yeah. You know, and I was like if I was 20 years older, 20 pounds heavier, would I be getting me too'd right now, you know? Yeah. Like but because I was 25 and cool or whatever it, it wasn't an issue yeah. now, now granted never was using a position of power or touching anybody mm-hmm. like inappropriately or without right. their consent we're talking about a shoulder massage i'm like a dude 
you know? Um, so I think that when you're in the trenches and you're sharing 11 PM Chinese takeout or Domino's pizza, mm -hmm. as you're going into like a midterm caucus or a big scandal or that, that becomes your family. Yeah. You're, you're sleeping at the office with them, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that he probably has stepped over the line a time or two. Some of that was inadvertent. Some of it was probably intentional. Mm -hmm. Some of it he thought he could blame on his power or status. Some of it he thought he could blame on his old age. Sure. Um, you know, I don't know with what level of sincerity he's now making these claims now because mm -hmm. uh, he vehemently denies any of this and he's dug in for the long haul fight. Yeah. So I don't know. Got it. Uh, now, granted, none of these situations are a situation where it's like, well, he drugged me or he pinned me up against a wall. All of it is like very murky in some ways mm -hmm. in that there was an example of one woman who claimed that he was trying to get an accurate read on her name tag. So he like grabbed her shirt oh. and was like running his hands on the inside of her shirt to like flatten it out to see her name tag. And I'm like, that almost that, seems like a very clever way to get to do that. Right. You know, like things where I'm like, ah, maybe he was feeling too cocky and confident mm -hmm. that week. Like either way, he's had his moment. Yeah. He's been up there in that, you know, what is it? The Albany, governor's home for mm -hmm. 12 years at this point like it's run its course yeah it's time he's also single it's often matt gates is single yeah. you know sometimes it's kind of like you don't want your preacher man or your congressman yeah. being single you want somebody to point to like do they have an outlet somewhere yeah that old single i'd probably be kissing everyone too I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> We're saved from the world's biggest predator, thanks to Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> nah, don't, don't, don't say that. All right. Let's just move right along away from that, shall we? <laughs> yeah, let's. Love your comedic flair there, Mr. B-Rad. Yeah. Um, but I'm done talking about that. Okay. New York is a, it's a crap show right now. There's yeah. vaccine passports. There's sexual harassment. There's mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff going on that we don't need to, uh, continue on for the tots but i do have i have a very sad story to share oh man okay <laughs> this is uh why are you laughing as you say that because uh i guess we're gonna play this moral game with the audience and it's gonna okay. be uh sad or hilarious oh oh new segment new segment okay. sad or funny y'all come on because i read this and i was like this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Okay. Um, but it, it involves loss of life, so let's oh. let's be somber. And um, I just want to read this to you, okay? This okay, is... so I'm just so you know, I'm going into this blind. <laughs> I don't know what to expect. I'm a little worried that I'm going to laugh and it's going to be inappropriate. But, um, but first and foremost, R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. We'll go ahead and hedge everything on that so this is via cnn uh early yesterday morning okay oh. okay so um i know what this is two men were mourning the loss of their brother who'd been struck by a light rail train when they were also struck and killed by a train in north carolina pablo tickeriam 29 and jose chilabalam tickeriam 20 
were walking north on the train tracks in Charlotte near 8200 South Boulevard at 5.10 a.m. on Tuesday when they were hit and killed by a Charlotte area transit system Lynx train. Charlotte, Mecl Charlotte Mecklenburg police said in a press release that medics announced both men were dead at the scene. They had been memorializing their brother on the one-week anniversary of his death, and they were conducting a memorial out by the site where he was killed, Sergeant Adam Jones said during a press conference Wednesday. Unfortunately, the two brothers were also struck by a train while they were on foot, and both succumbed to their injuries pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, what was supposed to be a beautiful memorial <laughs> went awry, and now... Um, it is train three and Tickerian brothers zero. <laughs> um, okay. So I, first of all, I need to, I need to see the railroad track. I yeah. need to like, are, are there a lot of like trees and stuff? Like, it, is it coming around the bend and you don't fool, fool me once, uh, shame, shame on, on you, you. Uh, fool me, fool me. Can't, can't get, get fooled, fooled again, again, unless you're a Tickerian brother. Yeah. And then come Were on. Were they the only ones at the a memorial like it was just, they were it was 5 10 a.m they decided to do a candlelight vigil for their brother at the spot that he was killed was by this just, train was it just them doing it yes and then the same train struck they, they just cleaned the blood off the front of this thing and then these two guys are like let's go commemorate our brother and so they did and they get killed so if you're the mother of these three boys do you think this is the saddest day of my life? Or do you think I raised the dumbest boys ever? Like, okay. Hold on. I've never understood accidental train track deaths. Yeah. Like somebody's car is stopped on the train. Like, Get out of the car. Are the Tickerian boys deaf? Because that, I mean, that'd be a the big part of this story. Yeah. You know, but deaf and, if they're not and, deaf, and deaf and blind, if they're not deaf, they're dumb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, how do you get killed by the same? Like you just got killed by a Daewoo. <laughs> you remember that Danny McBride yes. line? Jeez. Um, bro, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I just saw I, this and I was like, I don't know how that happens. I clicked into the CNN article. I think it was like, you don't hear it coming. What you don't hear the train, bro? I hear that, the that's train my coming. That's my question. It's rolling around the. That's bed. why I feel at ease laughing about this with you, and I'm assuming sixty four percent of the tots. There's a couple out there that are pretty mad at me right now, and uh, they're probably the ones I don't talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, and I, I'm just gonna take the baffled route. Like I don't, I can't comprehend. How that like I I feel like do, do we have all of the information was this, is there something that we're missing? Video evidence confirmed the two brothers were standing on the tracks when they were struck. He added, but it is unclear how long they were on the tracks before the train arrived. They were lighting candles. Who took and, the video? Them? Uh, no, I'm assuming it was like video from the train, right? Oh, okay. Don't you think so, they probably have a dash cam or something? Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just for situations like this, just for the ticker rams, they're like, put in those, make sure there's new footage in there, new, new role. Okay. So okay. Uh, they were lighting candles and paying tribute to him as best they could on the track. So 
apparently lighting the candle was challenging for these old boys. All safety features, including the crossing arms, lights, and horns, were working correctly, he said. I cannot imagine losing three of your children, three of your siblings, within a week to such tragic circumstances, Jones said. Officials suspect that alcohol was a contributing factor, according to the release. Boy, mm. how blitzed do you have to be to... Tuesday's incident was one of four fatal accidents with six victims this week in Charlotte. In all four, there's been a level of impairment involved, Jones added. So I'd like to stress to our citizens, please, if you've been drinking, use a rideshare, have a designated driver. And or don't stay where be you out are. by yeah. a freaking Stay off the train tracks. tracks. This is pretty simple. It's like, man, you know what would be crazy is if they were in the middle of the highway and a train struck them. Then we'd have yeah. a real story. Well, yeah, then. As it is. I the, would be baffled for another reason. The Tickeriums are, they must have been lit up. I mean, how lit do you have to be to miss a train? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, that did catch me off guard. And <laughs> Do you see my dilemma where it's like, I'm reading this and I'm like, I don't even feel sorry for these buddies. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, if you got killed on the train tracks tonight mm -hmm. and I was, you know, burning one for you next week and I got killed on the train tracks, that's on me, right? That's on, yeah. Well, that's on me. Yeah. That's on me, Playboy. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like, I don't understand. Like, if one of them got killed, like a shoelace got caught and yeah. he didn't jump away quick enough, they were playing chicken with the train or something. Mm -hmm. I get that. But it killed both brothers. Three. Well. A total for a total. Right, of but it killed two at yeah. once. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I got a combo. they didn't both get stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts? Thoughts and prayers? The, the fact that neither were able to jump like in train train tracks aren't incredibly wide no you know so you can do a little no, do a little side it's not more than one hop. step for a normal sized man one man could like go from one rail to the oh, other yeah. in a stride and so that's why i need to know like if this was coming around the corner silently yeah <laughs> I guess Tesla makes trains, mm. and we didn't know about it. There's a Prius train, yeah, silent and deadly. Uh, it's five ten a.m. There is a fog light on the front of this and train. Why, that's a weird time for a memorial. Well, so they're lit. They were out of the bar till two, or they were drinking all night at home. It's five o'clock in the morning. Factoring commute that's, time yeah, to the train. That's a weird time to get drunk. Because think about it. They either walked or drove from their home. To the train tracks yeah. to get killed mm -hmm. by the same train that killed their brother. Yeah. Got run over by a damned old train. Any hoozle. I thought that that was so <laughs> funny and ironic and yeah. tragic. And Are there funny? There are funny ways to die, no? That's a funny way to die. Mm -hmm. That's a really funny way to yeah. die. Like, I never want to, you know, yeah, but, yeah. Listen, there are people out there dying of COVID in ways that are not funny and ways that they did not have control over. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is Pablo and Jose could have still been with us if they just uh, stayed off the train tracks. Yeah. Anyway, mm -hmm. let's move on. Uh, 
a lot of feedback from last week's show. I'm yeah. glad that we're kind of getting back on a more routine basis because I feel that uh, community. Yeah, I feel yeah. that feedback loop kicking back up. And I also think that when we press and do two, three, four shows a month, mm-hmm. that it keeps everybody else accountable too. Because yeah. it's like when we come out with one, oh, well, they're doing yeah. one once every four or six mm-hmm. weeks. I'll catch it when I catch it. Now I'm seeing the numbers, you know, start to go back up and yep. just the real time nature of everything that happened last week was flabbergasting yeah. to me. Well, so I feel like we need to make a correction from one of the stories you told last <laughs> week. What story? Um, with none other than uh, Mr. Bob Gibbons. Uh, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like feel like maybe you embellished some of that. No, story. no, <laughs> no, no. Did I? I can't let you do that. I, Wait, what are you saying? I embellished. He's, he's, he's uh, he reached out saying that he, in no way, shape, or form, allowed you to take things from any construction site. Okay, he definitely did. D- he's don't saying, double down. He's saying that in the public forum of Twitter, tongue in cheek. Yeah, don't double down, boy. If you My, if you think your listen, boy wasn't walking uh, home with an armful of two by fours, the next rap song that I come out with, I don't want to have to say free free my buddy Bob. All right. Say it. Nah, I'm not gonna be wearing free Bob Gibbons T-shirts. Right? Free him. Nah, he's fine. My, my boy's innocent. Okay, he's not. No, nah, he's innocent, dude. Of course he's gonna say that. No, I know for why would I have brought that up? Why would I have thought that up? Like, oh yeah, you remember when we used to rob those places <laughs> as kids? Like, that's not something I just make up or come up with off the cuff. That was based in my know, my truth. That's okay, your truth. <laughs> My truth. All right. We Everybody were, has their own truth. We got to walk through any construction site you <laughs> saw growing up. You got to walk through it no. and you got to pick one thing. Yeah. Um, listeners, some of these stories are fictional that you hear on, on this podcast. Dude, and... that's how I remember it. Okay. I'm just saying <laughs> as I remember it. All right. I mean, he was working a big boy job. He had a mortgage. He had other <laughs> things going on. I remember because that B and E was the biggest part of my day. <laughs> so free Bob all you want. Oh. Uh, Bob's been freeing construction sites of one thing at a time for thirty years. <laughs> oh man! Uh, no. So that was funny. Um, the the Snoop Dogg portion. Yeah. Actually, free Bob again. He sent that to me, and I forwarded it along to you. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Man, you guys." You guys are timely. You're beating the New York Times to the punch. Like the New York Times, right after we commented on, we're seeing Snoop Dogg everywhere. He could pitch any product. The headline in the New York Times the next day, Snoop Dogg can sell any product. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it was literally just like this. Anybody else notice how Snoop Dogg has yeah. become this generational icon? Like it mm-hmm. made every point. Yes. It was incredible. Then uh, we also talked about BJ Novak. And I even mentioned that him and John Mayer were friends. And then it turns out the day that we recorded was BJ Novak's birthday and John Mayer posted a picture of them too. I'm that, just saying. That's y'all. weird. Okay. I'm just saying we, if, if you want timely news, you want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. Listen to us today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So by this time next week, a fourth tickery and brother oh, will have died on train tracks in Charlotte. <laughs> Dude, by the way, if that happens, goodness that's we're knocking on that wood we need to stay away from train tracks (laughs) there's one going to keen and i after after this segment i'm gonna be a little leery bro 
were you to be killed by a train in your car? Mm -hmm. That's one thing that's explainable. We've all tried to beat a train. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I get that. That train is long. These old boys were on foot. foot. Yeah. So unless they had noise canceling AirPods on, were facing the other way and blind. I don't know what happened there. Either that or I've never been so lit that I'm going to miss a train coming at me. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to the feedback loop. Yeah. Back to it. Um, we also uh, gave a shout out to Peter and Cynthia Gust. And uh, Carson, you had said on the podcast last episode, uh, you know, uh, we would like to connect with Peter and maybe had some questions for him. If he could elaborate, like just how, you know rigorous schooling can be um you know him 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 getting all those degrees and everything everything that he went through and um well just the premise that he just packed up from where he got all this education mm -hmm. and uh is back in the great lone star state of texas shout out to them yeah um austin got two great additions mm -hmm. with with that one um or you could just view it that they're part of that problematic exodus from California and New York mm. and better not bring your values with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm playing. Um, the coolest part. Yeah. We, we kind of shouted them out. I was thinking that Cynthia might have listened before mm -hmm. maybe. And within an hour of debuting the episode, I see them on Instagram story, mm -hmm. like pretty crazy when you're shot. Yeah. I see him in his AirPods, like laughing and I was like, oh, wow, like that's such a cool viral feedback loop. Mm -hmm. And also, I don't think anybody's ever really storied the fact that they're listening to our show. Maybe not. I don't know. So I like the trend that they're setting there. That's yeah. this week's initiative. Yeah. As you're listening to the show, whether it's on your car, like portal navigation. Listen, when or... we come out with our Patreon, they're going to get a discount code. Yeah. 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 We're going to let them behind the paywall. But share your weekly catch-up podcast <laughs> moment with episode number seventy-eight this week. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go viral. Let's get Malaysia back. Mm. Let's do it. Yeah, and we're gonna do it with Peter's help because he uh, he's featured on this week's episode. He is maybe in multiple spots. Yeah, because he uh, took what we said to heart. Must have listened to the whole show because I didn't ask about the audio snippet until the last two minutes oh, of yeah. that episode. Must have listened to the whole thing because. We got DMs this week mm -hmm. um, with uh, saying, what's your email address? Got your audio segment ready. And uh, actually, DM me asking for some prompts. I yeah. put together some prompts mm -hmm. and then said, or also you could ignore all these prompts and just do your own <laughs> yeah. thing. Like we're pretty loose around here <laughs> at the weekly catch up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, he sent over 15 minutes of thoughts and recollections. Mm -hmm. And what we've done is, B-Rad and I were not anticipating 15 minutes, so we started listening to it at the beginning of today's, uh, after we did the boilerplate, and it's so good that we're going to let it, we're just going to let it run yeah. for about seven and a half minutes here, because he kind of walks us through all the different things that we'd prompted him on, so we've only listened to the first seven and a half minutes, we found a perfect cutting off point, that's where we're going to come back in, we'll evaluate what which aspects to share of the rest. But mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I looked over at Brad partway through listening to the audio and I was like, I don't really want to cut any of yeah, this, this yet. Like, this is all making sense. I'm, I, I'm not offended yeah. by this at all. So no. 
are you ready to uh, welcome Peter Gust to the weekly catch up? Yes, welcome Peter. Happy to have you. And um, here's a little bit more about him. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Uh, this is pretty cool. This is the last thing I thought I would be hearing on a road trip is Cynthia and I being shout out on a podcast. Um, but thanks for the opportunity to say a few words. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Peter Gust. I went to Southwestern uh, with Brad and Carson back in the day. I ended up graduating in 2012. I have a lot of good memories from, from that place and uh, with these guys. Um, pretty close-knit uh, campus there, really small campus, but I appreciate it to have been able to um, get an education, at least from undergrad, uh, from Swahu. Um, I've always admired Brad for the way he relates to people. Man, you you got a knack for just hearing people out. Uh, you're an incredible listener. You're um, a good friend to everyone, I see, and it's just uh, pretty awesome, and I learned from you. Um, Carson, I uh, got a lot of respect for your marketing prowess. Um, got a lot of respect for your entrepreneurial uh, kind of mindset. Uh, I actually dabbled a lot in affiliate marketing um, built a ton of WordPress websites, that sort of stuff, in order to kind of pay off some of my uh, debt throughout Swallow and uh, throughout medical school. Uh, but you guys kind of want to hear about my my journey. It's been through medicine, I guess, my medical journey. Uh, it's It's been a long one. It's been a tough one. And honestly, I'm still processing uh, everything that's kind of happened um, since I graduated. I don't know what number of graduation it is, but it's um, quite a few at this point. Um, the whole process of medical education, I guess you, you have to get an undergraduate degree first. So, I mean, Swallow was my undergraduate degree in biology. Um, a lot of the classes I took there, honestly, um, you, end up, you don't need. Um, so a lot of people who go into medical school now, they actually end up getting a degree in something else like computer science or um, you can pretty much get a degree in anything while you're getting your uh, prerequisites for medical school. And a lot of the time they'll look at you as more of a, a well-rounded person. If you actually didn't um, get one of the kind of the chemistry or one of the biological sciences. Um, so ended up going out to medical school at Loma Linda. Uh, medical school is four years long. Um, the first two years consist of pretty much just incredible um, book work. Um, you're in lectures constantly. Um, you're studying anywhere. I mean, depending on how much work you're putting in and your and your motivation, um, anywhere between eight to 14 hours, 15 hours a day. Um, the first year, um, you kind of learn about everything um, that happens when the body is working correctly. And then the second year, uh, you add in pathology and you actually learn about what can go wrong with the body. And that's when the the lectures kind of step up a notch. And that's very, very hard year. I ended up studying probably 12 to 14 hours a day um, during that year. Um, I'd take one day off just to kind of recuperate and get my my wits about me but that's that's kind of the grind it was as far as the first two years of medical school um third year you get to get in the hospital um, they don't pay you anything you're paying them to learn um, on the job seeing patients learning how the hospital works learning how clinics work um, by your fourth year uh, you got a decent hang of that you still don't know pretty much um, what the heck you're doing until you're out there and starting residency to be honest with you you know all the the book stuff, but um, as with any job, the book stuff and the real life stuff, you got to be able to meld together. Um, so by your fourth year, you're figuring out what type of residency or subspecialty you want to go into. So it's internal medicine, family medicine. Um, if you want to go into dermatology, be a skin doctor. If you want to be 
uh, surgeon, uh, neurosurgeon, plastic surgeon, head and neck, ENT, facial plastic surgeon. There's just so many different subspecialties that you can go into, and each of them require a different, um, basically uh, a different um, prerequisites to get into. You got to score a certain amount on each test. Um, there's a couple of tests that you take um, in medical school, one of which is uh, after your second year of medical school, it's called step one. Um, there's a whole step system. You take step one, you step, take step two, and you take step three after you've actually graduated uh, from medical school. Uh, step one, when I took it, I believe it was about an eight, um, eight hour test. Um, your, your score on that test essentially determines what uh, specialties you have the option of going into. They've kind of switched that up uh, recently. They put more emphasis on step two, which is more of a clinical-based tests to where um, you're actually making decisions about patient care and things like that. Step one had a lot of basic science and um, molecular stuff on it and pharmacology. And um, But it's kind of interesting to see how things have changed over time. Um, step two is actually a two-part test, or it was a two-part test when I took it, where you actually have to see patients that are actors and they have to watch you on cameras for certain patient scenarios. Um, they offer this test at a few locations around the country. Some people have to fly around. Um, that is another, again, about another eight hour test. And then they have the didactic uh, portion of it that's actually, uh, I believe, about a nine hour test. Um, eventually you graduate and you match into whatever uh, whatever specialty uh, you you get to go into, which is a whole process in and of itself. Uh, the whole match process happens in fourth year where you actually apply nationwide to these training programs in the specialty of your choice. And so you go and interview with them. Um, and then all the places that you interview at, depending on what you're trying to get into, uh, they uh, the applicant ranks the programs and then the programs rank the applicant. And then a computer alg algorithm spits out uh, where everyone goes on one particular day um, called match day in your fourth year. Uh, then you get ready for residency. Uh, so residency can last anywhere between three. And I mean, when you're talking about like neurosurgery, it's it's just a ton of years, 10 years or so. I'd have to see how many it is now. Um, dermatology, what I decided to go into um, ended up being four years. I did one year of internal medicine where I was working uh, in the hospital, working in the ICUs, taking care of real sick patients. And then I did three years of dermatology residency, um, which consists of a lot of skin surgeries. Um, a lot of you are probably familiar with Dr. Pimple Popper uh, as well. Um, got a chance to meet her out at Loma Linda while I was doing my training. Uh, nice lady. Uh, she, if you watch what she does, it's pretty much what we do. Take out fatty, fatty tumors. Um, I heard Brad talking about his lipoma. We do those. Um, we do a lot of acne. We do a lot of inflammatory skin conditions. We do a lot of inpatient consults for incredible, horrible blistering diseases. We do a lot of infectious disease uh, stuff, but the skin is an incredible organ and you can actually see what's going on on the inside of your body a lot of times through the skin first, which was one of the reasons why I liked it. Um, we do a lot of training in the diagnosis of skin disorders by looking at it under the microscope. Um, so that's called pathology. Um, so it's kind of a one-stop shop. We can do the surgery. We can make the diagnosis. We can do the surgery and we can kind of, um, make the diagnosis under the microscope if you want to take on that liability. Over to Mr. B-Rad for thoughts, hot takes. Uh, yeah, man. First of all, thank you for the kind words, Peter. Um, love that and love you guys. And I'm glad that has come across loud and clear. 
Um, just the studying 15 hours of like, I, I kind of look at this from a teacher standpoint where, you know, I have students that are seniors, they're graduating, they're wondering what they should do with their lives. A lot of them want to go into the medical field, but just don't have uh, what it takes. <laughs> they, like they, they, I mean, at, at least as far as like studying goes, like a lot of them are bright, but they don't want to put in the work. And from, from what I'm hearing from you and, and other people, like, it's no joke. You're talking about studying 15 hours a day. You're taking one day off a week to, to chill, get your Sabbath rest. And then you're back in the books for several years. Um, so first of all, just props to you. That's something that I know I myself, I don't think I could have ever done. Neither um, of us took this path. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. I'm a teacher. I try to give people I mean, the tools to do it. We want our docs to be learned in, in a yeah. book and like in the, you know, the right. hospitals getting this experience. But when you hear it, um, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Well, I'm I just saying start. like, like Peter wasn't just on Quizlet, y'all. Like he wasn't just getting the answers off of Google. Um, he, he had to go through these rigorous testing and, and studying. And so if there are any younger ones, I know I, I don't feel like uh, some of the students that that used to listen still listen anymore. But if there are any young well, people, I hope not. Any, yeah. <laughs> anybody, you know, if you if anybody catches this in the future and, you know, is thinking about going to that medical field, just understanding the amount of work, the amount of money, the amount of weekends that you don't really get to go hang out with your friends, like th there's a long, long-term commitment to doing this and it's not for the faint of heart or the, or the people. And, and, um, uh, I also resonated, you know, where he was talking about how he finally got some training. And so his head was in the books and he passed a lot of those tests, but the book stuff, uh, doesn't always line up with the real stuff that you deal with. And that's something maybe to a lesser extent, but that I've found, um, in teaching, even whenever I did my student teaching, um, nothing could have prepared me for the things that I've seen as a actual teacher, like having gone through all that process, um, dealing with a lot of the families and, and problems at home. Like you just, at least in student teaching, you, you don't get that within the few weeks that you're just like a teacher's assistant and kind of taking over some lessons. Um, there's a lot more responsibility that, that goes along with that. And I can only imagine, um, being in the medical field and, and, and experiencing those differences because it, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, completely. I, I want to thank Peter for this audio submission because, um, the way that we've done this, we've played you the first seven and a half minutes. We're going to comment on that and then. We're going to play the other half too. Yeah. Like just we of, just listened to it. Yeah. We <laughs> loved it unabated. Cause there's just a, a lot of progressive value and he really did hit all the points that in fact, I'm kind of curious about more. I would mm -hmm. love to have him on if he's ever in the Dallas area in the future. But, uh, thank you so much for sending this in. I found this just fascinating. I think I like the second half even more to mm -hmm. be honest with you, but, uh, I, I jotted down some notes while we were listening to the first, uh, snippet for comment. Um, you think it's funny to hear yourself on a podcast. I've heard this from several people. Like mm -hmm. I know Michael and Shelly have always told me like, it's always crazy when you hear your name, like mm -hmm. on a podcast that you just get through, yeah. 
you know, Spotify or Apple podcast, which is just the two of us. Um, but, and I remember back in the day, we were kind of like, do we just talk about people like mm -hmm. people know them or like, yeah. you know, cause we, we talk about these people pretty laissez faire and, uh, I think it's been a really good choice more than anything over the show's progression that we just do that. Um, but I think it's funny that you hear yourself on a podcast, think it's a big deal. I thought it was a huge deal to see people listening to the yes. podcast on Instagram. Like we're shocked every single time anybody tells us that they mm -hmm. listen to the show. At least I am. Yeah. I always assume that you don't. And now to know that there's dermatologists out there, like, what are you doing? Listen, you get your time back. You spend so much time getting to the spot and you're listening to us. Like, like that's, that's crazy to me when serious people, um, you know, we have multiple PAs, doctors, like, what are they doing? <laughs> they spend, be, they spend all that time like this is know, their love the is book. blind time. Yes. This is their trash TV moment where yes. they're like, let's listen to what we could have been if we didn't get all this education. Let's just, <laughs> let's just shake our heads at these two fools for a moment. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad that we could continue to be that that outlet. For Absolutely. He he made a couple funny comments. Uh, Tight knit community at Swau. That's saying it lightly. Uh, <laughs> On campus, I remember I used to always say, I could tell who was in the bathroom stall from their sneakers, yeah. you know, anywhere on campus at any time without fail. Uh, I loved how <laughs> he tried to highlight some positive aspects of both of us. And he's like, Brad, you know, back in college, your character, you're warm, you're inviting. Carson, great job on that career stuff, you a-hole. <laughs> oh. The other part I found interesting was how and you were talking about, you know, it's it's hard to go from like, oh, you want to be a doctor to being a doctor mm -hmm. and like you want to do this. And then now you're actually studying and even, hey, you're studying and now you're in the hospital or you're in the classroom. It's like hands on practicum. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very interesting that you could major in computer science and it was viewed as a, a differentiator that was a positive, mm -hmm. you know, a more well-rounded future doctor. I think that that's fascinating i think that there's so many people that start as bio majors yeah. am i sitting with one you are <laughs> pre-dent baby chadwick got sick we, <laughs> we got a new teacher for the entire semester that was like his first time teaching i studied my butt off got a c and uh next semester i became an english major <laughs> and here we are you're like 12 years of education. Let's go with four. <laughs> I'm over here like looking at Peter like, nah, that ain't me. Oh my goodness. That's so funny. I'm sitting with one. There are so many, and this is not related just to Swahoo. This is oh, everywhere no. in the world. There are, I don't even know how many people that start pre, pre bio or pre med mm -hmm. biology majors that don't cut the mustard, but that's the first proving ground, right? Um, I thought that was interesting that you could just go, be an engineer and yeah. then do the doctor stuff. Um, I'd like to point out the Dr. Pimple Popper. Yes, I wanted to bring that up too. Is, is that girl on, is it TLC? Uh, I think, yeah, I, I believe so. She's uh, with all the housewives. I typically just see the, the videos online. Well, um, I teased the fact, I think you told me he was going to be a dermatologist mm -hmm. in last week's episode. And I was right. like, oh, he's going to be in Plano. Dr. Pimple Popper is in Plano. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's crazy that they met. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, but maybe we're foreshadowing their future mm. home. I could see them in Legacy West with yeah. 
him having his own shingle or she's, whatever. She's got to retire eventually, and then I want to see Peter swoop in. Yeah, we want to see Peter on TLC. Yes. Um, And then the last part that I kind of had a comment on from this first segment was I loved the the meta, like, I loved when he got meta and was like, I like the part where the skin is an indicator of what's going on underneath the surface. Mm -hmm. Like often based on the skin as an organ, which it is just makes you picture all the skin in like a pile. (laughs) But the fact that it's often a first indication of something malicious or going on behind the scenes or Mm -hmm. underneath the surface was fascinating to me to kind of think about. Definitely. Was that what he referred to as pathology? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that was segment number one. In segment number two, we tackle more of the questions surrounding the journey, endurance, mm-hmm. medical school, yeah. uh, state of medicine. Yeah, and today's state of, of things. So uh, we're going to roll another seven and a half minutes or so of Mr. Peter Gust. Uh, just found a lot of value throughout this entire segment, so... There's even a couple shout outs uh, at the end that you might want to stay tuned for. So without further ado. Um, so as far as uh, medical school, oh man, it's it's something that's very hard to explain. Um, I guess medical training, including residency, um, kind of the mental toll just being in the healthcare system is pretty, uh, pretty catastrophic um, these days, uh, as far as even with nurses, uh, respiratory therapists, any anybody in the medical system um, pretty much will tell you um, that the unrealistic expectations um, from society and pressure from many areas, especially from non-clinical administrative burden, um, is an exhaustion. Um, it's incredibly exhausting, um, especially throughout the pandemic. Um, as providers, a lot of the time we're taught medical education is heavily, heavily um, based on weighing objective evidence. Um, and it, this has been a change. Um, you talk to old school doctors and they're like, oh, we had to learn everything. We had to be in the hospital way longer than you guys. We had to do this and that. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, Google wasn't around when they were, smartphones weren't around when they were, and they didn't have patients coming in saying that you're wrong as the doctor pretty much 50% of the time. Um, So there needs to be a huge societal shift in the way of thinking. I mean, there's one, there's, we're caught between two uh, dichotomies, one of which it wants the parental form of medicine where the doctor is telling the patient what to do. And then we're taught to be the people giving the information based on objective evidence. And we're supposed to be the ones that are working as a team with the patient. And you just, it's, it's a dynamic that you just have to figure out on a patient to patient basis. Um, a lot of people just get mad at you if you don't tell them exactly what to do. Um, a lot of people don't want to take charge of their, their own health, which is costs a mental toll on the physicians too. Um, it's, it's been especially tough uh, during the pandemic, um, because of the vaccines and everything. I mean, if you, if you work in healthcare, you have an extreme healthcare bias to take the vaccine because that's where the data is. Um, and so it's, it's been hard to watch people kind of refute and think they know better. Um, so that's taken quite a mental toll, both on Cynthia and I, um, both work in the hospital. Cynthia worked with, with COVID patients for, I mean, since it began uh, at the bedside, I mean, she has scars on her nose from her, like 
from her uh, protective equipment because she couldn't take it off for 12, 13 hours at a time. Um, and uh, it's 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 really taken a mental toll just because we want America to be strong. We want everyone to be on the same page. But from coming from a healthcare perspective, it's it's definitely taken a mental toll since the pandemic. Um, as far as the length of training, um, delayed gratification, convincing yourself that that is really a thing, um, just saying one more year, one more year, and then finally that year comes. And honestly, the way I feel about it right now is it's. It's I, I have the same mentality I had before. I still feel like I need to be grinding um, and just pushing forward. But um, I actually have some time off before I start my job here in over in Austin um, in September. And it's kind of just giving me some time to reflect and figure out what, what in the world happened these past. I don't know. I've, all my 20s are gone pretty much because <laughs> I was hunched over a book. And that's you're either hunched over a book or you're in the clinic seeing patients. Um, my specialty in particular, you're seeing lots of patients, um, you're seeing them very quickly, and then you come home and you learn about the rare diseases and in these huge textbooks that you're going to be tested over. And it, it was pretty taxing. It feels like you're having two full-time jobs for which um, only in a residency you start getting paid um, a lot less than people realize you're a physician, but uh, you make about one-fifth of what uh, you will be once you finish residency. Um, but it is a weird feeling when it finally slows down. Uh, I would say if you're looking into going into medicine, uh, it's not the easiest of financial moves in terms of getting ahead early. You lose a lot of productivity years. Um, it's, it's something that's not talked about a lot. Um, it's something that should be talked about. Um, if I was going into to medical school again, I would want someone to actually talk to me about um, the very realistic nature of burnout. Uh, the next generation is just burnt out and feeling very taken advantage of by the state of medicine right now. Uh, insurance companies have gotten so powerful to the point that they're making decisions regarding what medications our patients can and can't have, um, which has been just an incredible um, stress on a lot of my colleagues. I mean, we get through it. We do it for our patients, but um, something needs to change as far as legisla legislation, and I don't have the answer for that. So I, I don't I don't like talking about it too much, but the way it's working right now, I, I see some huge flaws, huge flaws, um, where prisoners end up getting better, better health care than most of the middle class. And it's it's something's got to give. Um, the majority of people graduating from medical school right now have anywhere between two and three hundred thousand dollars in debt. Um, that's pretty Conservative, I've seen those numbers thrown around. Um, a lot of my friends I graduated with, if they didn't have any family help or anything like that, um, they took out living expenses and most of them are up in the $400,000 in debt. Um, so um, if there's any word of advice I would give as far as like the next generation um, and finding a good doctor, if you, if you have any questions about a doctor, just find an honest one. I mean, I'd be leery about thinking someone's a good physician just because they give you a hug when they come in the room and uh, they make you feel good when they leave the office. Don't don't uh, discredit the physician that makes you uncomfortable with their honesty, but is looking you in the eyes when they say it, um, because uh, the, that's the type of physician that's actually going to take good care of you. And you can have good bedside manner, but when it comes to either choosing to lie to make the patient feel good or actually giving them the news, um, you got to find the doctor that gives you the news straight up um, and there's a lot of great docs and a lot of great people that I've worked with that are, are those type of people. 
And I've also seen the opposite. You need to vet your docs, make sure that you're not just basing it on how they make you feel when you go to the office. Um, I hope that makes sense. It might not make sense. But anyways, I've kind of rambled a bit. Um, want to shout out to the other Swallow alum, Kofi. Uh, just moved out to California when I was taken off, orthopedic surgeon. Um, Zavi, he, he, uh, emergency medicine uh, physician. Uh, Denard, um, all those I've forgotten who may have uh, gotten sucked up into the whirlwind that is medical education that were behind me in their training. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. But um, this, these words, I mean, I've talked a lot about things that I'm unhappy with with medical, uh, the medical system, but that doesn't mean that there's not an incredible amount of great people I've met throughout the training. Um, my, some, my best friendships have come from training. You feel like you're in the hospital with them for hours and hours and hours or in the clinic for hours. I mean, they're, they're some of your best friends. Um, and you, you don't forget those, those people. Um, they've changed your life. Uh, you change as a person throughout the process. Um, but, uh, you kind of learn to adapt and, um, just like anything in life, if you don't push yourself or if you don't, uh, kind of learn how to adapt, you're not going to, you're going to stay stagnant and you're not going to accomplish anything. So, um, hopefully this kind of painted a little bit of a picture of my journey, uh, for you guys. Um, hopefully we can figure out a way to just help everyone in this country and have the money to do it. I don't know the, the way to do it, but if you guys are looking for a good, uh, dermatologist, uh, come out and see me at Southwest Dermatology in Vane in, in Austin. Um, anyways, it was great talking to you guys. It was great to say a few words. Uh, thanks for the shout out. I'll be listening to future episodes. Good luck with the podcast, you guys. Thanks. All right, and that was part two of Peter's segment. Um, Carson, what you think, man? Are we switching it up? I'm going first this time? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I thought, man, that was so fascinating. I have more notes than probably on the, the first one. Um, I'll just go in chronological order here. Sure. Um, the whole, like, doctor dynamic with, you know, f people are going to be mad at you, and some people get mad at you if you don't, practice the parental uh view of like being a doctor where it's like do this do that this is exactly what you need to do and they just want definitive answers you know to their health maladies or how they should be treating those that that portion was very fascinating and he I, i'm going to save more comments on it for for later uh, mm -hmm. because he touches on several different aspects of this that i could kind of tangent off on but um fascinating that 50 percent of people say you're wrong to the doctor and that you know the old school version of parental medicine versus today's more like collaborative effort where the patient likely has already crowdsourced this information via the net they think they've already self-diagnosed via webmd webmd baby like that's something that only became a reality a little while ago like mm -hmm. he was commenting on how some of the old doctors oh we were in the hospital we were in the textbook and he's like well yeah but you guys didn't have google mm -hmm. and this at the same rate you know now the doctors have google peter's going to benefit from having google and peter's at a weird moment where our generation we still had some of the classical scholastic institutions taught to us like you know how to like cursive and yep. some of those things that you know, we were on the cusp, you know, it wasn't available to us where we'd mastered it and deployed it in the classroom. Like everything in the classroom was pencils and, you know, paper, you know, it, yeah. it wasn't even writing papers on a laptop until like high school or something. Right. Um, 
So he's on that cusp where I feel like he probably still got the more scholarly old school education and now also has access to, you know, the benefits of Google and whatnot. But the flip edge sort of that is everybody's self-diagnosed via Google and WebMD prior to coming to see him or a doctor and they're going to fight you. Yeah, everyone's a professional now. And the ones that don't fight you, either maybe they want a, a parental view that he's not willing to give or, mm -hmm. you know, it, they're not willing to stand up for their own health. Yeah. Um, I had honestly wondered, I don't know why, uh, but just whether he was going to comment on the vaccine and where he stood on it. Mm -hmm. It's good to know that, you know, he's just like, hey, the data shows us that you're better off having it. Um, so that makes me feel better about my decisions. Mm -hmm. um, delayed gratification. Uh, he used that term and I've used that many times because on the one hand, it's like, you know, we, we pitch this like, oh, he's just getting started. He's just, you know, rolling out, making real money and doing all this. Like, like I've been sitting here making killer money. Like I've had good years. I've had terrible years. I've had yeah. years where I made no money yeah. trying to stand up businesses where I like literally did not make money, you know, um, or I got paid for six months out of that year and didn't get paid. Maybe I put money into a company. Yeah. So I've also had to practice the whole delayed gratification thing. It has not been in a consistent thread of like book learning and degree getting mm -hmm. like him. Um, but balancing that like one more year of this, like, you know, the future isn't guaranteed. And it's like, should I be out there doing fun stuff right now? Like, I thought that that piece was fascinating. I identified with him mm -hmm. on that aspect. And it was kind of good to hear. Good to hear somebody that is of comparable age that I guess is as serious about those goals as sometimes I think I am. Yeah. Um, not everybody employs that resolve, you know, especially verbally. Sure. Like in a public forum. Um, that, that said, when he said, you know, my 20s are basically gone, hunched over a book, I like recoiled a little. I was like, yeah. whoa. Just because when I think about die with zero and the amount of like memory dividends that I was able to create in my twenties, you know, with my jobs and travel and, you know, going to Europe with all my best friends when I was 25, you know, like things that I'll never do again, that were just really amazing that I would have never been able to do had I been under the gun of, you know, an imminent nine hour test over a 7,000 page textbook, mm -hmm. you know? Um, his point about I heard multiple things. It's like, what do you do when you're burnt out, but also feel uncomfortable? Like you should be grinding. Yeah. Cause I feel like he's been at that cusp. He's at that cusp. Now I feel like I've been at that cusp for a couple of years, you know, where it's like, you know, I know a lot of like 30 somethings millennials that they're like, I have to maintain this pace for like forever. Like, <laughs> or until I'm 60 or yeah. retirement age, like, you know, our parents, they had, they, they worked hard and did all this stuff. And I know your dad was a very hard worker. Yeah. Um, but there were portions of his career and my dad's career and my mom's career where when they left the office, they left it because mm -hmm. there weren't cell phones and beepers and pagers and email and all of this. Yeah. Like they'd check that at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. You know, we always have work with us. Yeah. You've got, do you have a CTA work email on your phone? Yes. 
Okay. Uh, that we have Slack. I've received messages since sitting on this couch with you because we have that meeting later this evening. So, so you have the Sunday scaries via Slack, just like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. What do you do when you're at that cusp? That'd be something worth exploring mm -hmm. with. I'd love to ask more people about that because, um, yeah, that, it's just something to ponder. Mm -hmm. And then finally, um, love this shout outs and, and all of that. And just like, you know, finding some of the good that had come out of all of this medical training and, mm -hmm. and time and toil. Uh, but his part about, you know, finding an honest doctor that will give you good advice yes. that I wrote that down too. will sting, but they'll look you in the eye like, you know, he should start a matchmaking service for people with doctors because mm -hmm. I feel like doctors and the medical field has been so innovated and changed that, you know, teledoc, virtual medicine, you know, logging into a, a Zoom room or something with a doctor that just became a thing recently. Yeah. You know, like that's not, you know, he's going to start with that in his practice, you know, I I'm assuming. Um, but doctors that debuted five, 10 years ago, weren't doing that. No. So it's just wild to think about, um, how he has to employ on a patient by patient basis, the way that he's going to provide bedside manner, versus parental uh, parental view of doctors mm -hmm. versus collaborative, um, knowing that they've already researched it and they're going to fight him and that things are political and that his hands are tied sometimes if he wants to prescribe a certain type of medication that that person's insurance does not cover. He's dealing with like, I mean, he's literally dealing with corporate giants like WebMD, Google, insurance companies. He's dealing with big corporate business. He's hundreds of, the, well, we don't know if he's in debt, but his average peer is in debt two to $400,000. So they need to make that money back. Um, it, it seems like an impossible situation. Like, and, and this is where sometimes it's like, we need Bernie, you know, like <laughs> I, whenever I deal with the medical system and realize that you just can't get everything all in one place, you can't get good comprehensive care and it really does come down to like establishing a relationship with somebody mm -hmm. honest that you see and and cultivate that that working relationship together yeah i mean he was even talking about how insurance companies decide which meds to give you like because they're trying to save money which is interesting i was just talking with some of my co-workers uh while we were at this teacher convention and uh we were talking about how you know adventists uh you know through the conference the insurance is pretty good. However, two at least two of my coworkers, they're um, oh they, one of my coworkers has dealt with like seizures in the past, and so he's been given meds to help curb those episodes. And his insurance company like gave him a different brand because it was cheaper. And then it turns out, uh, like the 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 MG like the milligrams. I guess were a much lower dosage too. And he would like start feeling weird and it, it's all because they were just trying to save money. And so it is kind of scary to, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to get healthy. You're trying to uh, make sure you're taking care of yourself. Meanwhile, the insurance companies that, you know, you're paying 
to help protect you are trying to find the cheapest way to do so. And that's not always the best form of care. Um, you know, it feels like Russian roulette. Every time you go up to the CVS mm-hmm. uh, pharmacy window and you're in a pinch, you've gotten sick with something that maybe you haven't gotten before and you're taking medications that you're not typically taking. And you're like, I don't know if this is $2 or $2,000. Yeah. You know, they're going to tell me I'm, I had one the other day, say uh oh this one is expensive and i was like how much is expensive and she was like it's going to be like two hundred dollars i was like bring it up like bring it on like um but i didn't know like some of those pills that you know the the famous case of that kid jacking up the price of that one pill 750 percent yeah which is a convenient you know scapegoat story in some ways there's more to it than that but at the same time everybody's got to eat you know it's a difficult the whole thing being you want it tied in with uh you know for profit corporate America because then you're gonna get speedy service and innovation and that's mm-hmm. that's the reason why I can log into a Zoom room portal and see a doctor in five minutes. Yeah. You know, I made a teledoc appointment at five fifteen AM the other day and was talking to some old boy by five twenty one AM, mm-hmm. you know? Um mm-hmm. go on. Yeah. Um let, let me look. Uh so the other things that I wrote uh, you had kind of already touched on, but just like the mental toll, um, you know, we, we've talked on here of how the mental toll has affected us and our workplace. And we, I even kind of touched on it today and how, um, at the teacher convention, you know, like they're, they're talking about COVID. I actually didn't go into this, but the last session of the teacher convention was like a mental health type thing where a speaker was just like talking about how difficult the year was but it didn't seem helpful. Like he had us turn to a partner and one of the questions was, um, what was like, uh, an emotional thing that you went through during this. And, you know, everybody sitting around me like knows and three seats down, my friend Carla, she had also lost her dad to COVID. And so like, we're sitting there, you know, I, I had kind of like not tuned in um, before that question was like, asked. I'm the like, mo- most emotional moment dude, of our years is when our families died. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I was just doing a crossword on my iPad, to be honest. Yeah. And then they like tapped me and they're like, can you believe this question? And like, I almost wish they hadn't because then I got emotional. I, I got up and left because the, you're not going to solve anything. Yeah, don't big box this issue. Yeah. Like asking that question I don't care to know that a bunch of, I know a lot of other people went through really hard times. I don't need to like rehash it. If there's not going to be like a form of solution, like if it's to do with masking young children or students and what was something challenging that mm -hmm. you experienced and how can we practically apply that to the classroom for the benefit of others that may not have dealt with that. That's a great targeted question for this conference. But if it's just like, but it's just like, how are your feelings? I had a rough year. year. You had a rough year. Okay, cool. And that's the last thing. (laughs) And that's the, yeah. And that's the last thing that we talk about. Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of that. When did you want to kill yourself this right. year? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. And so the mental toll, you know, uh, then we get back uh, to a, a meeting on Friday and we're discussing masks. And, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, well, we're, you know, masks don't prove to do anything. And I'm just like, can can I just 
I don't want to have this conversation with any of you. Like, uh, it doesn't matter what your thoughts are. Like, we have a lot of kids that we're trying to keep safe. Um, this isn't about, you know, people are bringing up politics and stuff. It's just crazy. And so, you know, I, I can only imagine Peter and, and other people in the medical field seeing they're, they're on a different side of everything, just seeing what's going down. And, um, Peter, you and all of the other medical workers are like so resilient and, uh, you know, you're talking about Cynthia wearing a mask that's putting scars on her nose because she's wearing them for like she, long she was hours. on the real front lines yes. all through COVID. You know, yeah, and uh, yeah, so it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, if I keep talking, I'm gonna get emotional. So I just want to say, like, thank you for all that you've done. You know, for the betterment of others and all of your patients and everything. Like, that's no small feat, and um. And even if, you know, it brought you down and there were difficult moments, because I know there were many, um, just thank you for sticking with it and being there for your patients. Um, because, you know, myself and seeing people like working with my dad and everything, um, like that's, that just means a lot to me. We, you know, whenever I hear about people being there and in trying to give somebody the best care that they possibly can. Um, so thank you. Yeah. And just being real with them. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, honest. I, go, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, I would have liked more honest conversations during that time period from a medical professional. Um, you know, whenever my dad was in the hospital, I, I felt so blindsided whenever that day came. Um, and granted, you know, I was the son and, and so I, I pretty much all the information that I give got was secondhand. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I just feel like there could have been more honest conversations and I know some people do want to be coddled and they want to be given hope and stuff, but you're absolutely right in finding like a doctor that, you know, meets your needs and uh and finding one that you're satisfied with and like for me somebody that wants to be shot straight and um just kind of get to the point tell me the expectations tell me what we can do um that would have been great and so i i definitely agree with you and appreciate you saying that um as advice for others that that's where i was going as well and i you know one of my principal learning experiences firsthand or my first hand in this situation, mm -hmm. unfortunately is your situation where yeah. I remember thinking, uh, maybe even commenting on this, like to you on a phone call, like just so much of this treatment is trying to discern communication. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're getting a game of telephone where, you know, first of kin or, you know, the spousal privilege is getting information, but different doctors are on different shifts. They have different ways of delivering yes. information. I know that there were shift changes during some of this. I know that you were delivered news that was optimistic, showed up and it was not I, optimistic. I, I showed up to the hospital and I was shot straight as soon as I got there, but I was so blindsided that that was the direction it was going. Right. Because of the information that we had heard from somebody else beforehand. 
But I remember even in your retelling of, you know, status updates and different things like this, and also uh, just pragmatically, like you and I were trying to plan real life around this. Like mm -hmm. there were, you left my house yeah. upon arrival for a podcast to take him to the hospital for the first time. Yeah. So this all, you know, this was real life scheduling mm -hmm. and um, the, the levels of severity shifted you know, obviously during this time, but just so much of that came down to me realizing and, and commenting, like I was trying to ask you questions to clarify, okay, so, you know, is that what we're hopefully saying? What, mm -hmm. what should normally happen? Like the communication aspect of it, the, I think that there's a lot lost in communication yeah. when doctors are forced, you know, because of insurance companies and some of the things that Peter alluded to, I know that doctors have to touch X number of patients in a day. Mm -hmm. And that number can be insane. Like we're talking like 90, a hundred patients in a day yeah. where they're spending an average of, you know, six and a half minutes and just trying to get you out the door. Here's your prescription. And as an adult who seeks medical care, basically for things that ail me, mm -hmm. you know, I realize this is just a drug exchange. You know, I went to urgent care and what did I get? I got tests. I got a shot in the butt. Like you expect a pill. You expect mm -hmm. something. What are you writing me? What's actually going to happen? Because, you know, when I go see a teledoc and they're like, well, you know, I could send you to this urgent care for a steroid shot or, you know, I'm thinking that based upon what I just saw or, and heard, you know, we could give you some lidocaine, try to clear it up over here. Like, it's just speculative drug dealing yeah. for certain types of doctors. Peter is going to have a much more, I mean, Peter's going to have a before and after, you know, being a, a dermatologist is going to be cool. And, you know, I'm, I think that that's fascinating because I'm somebody that went through Accutane. Um, my sister and I went through Accutane mm -hmm. extensively. Yeah. Um, that's back when I was projectile vomiting in the Swallow cafeteria when I would cough because I was so dry. Yeah. He's, well aware of this drug um anyway what communication is mm -hmm. is key and it's a, what a lot of the yeah. time is spent well, on and, he, and he's talking about that tight tight roping where you want to have good bedside manner like you don't want just want to be like oh yep there you know you want to be sensitive to it but sensitivity does not mean you know you there's no gray area in the truth. You can be sensitive and say, hey, this is the situation and this is what's happening or going to happen. Well, and, and he might, uh, and not necessarily him, because hopefully in dermatology, it's like, you know, he's doing different things, but certain doctors are going to experience a hysterical mother, you mm -hmm. know, that, you know, what's happening with my baby? And like, they're getting to a point where even delivering them any amount of truthful information would just make them more hysterical and it would set the agenda back. So right. you're having to manage that. And then the next patient they see six and a half minutes later is some sort of like corporate executive on Adderall trying to get to his next meeting saying, Hey, just give me the skinny. What is this? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I have this, what's my percentage chance of it contracting to something further, you know, like yeah. you have to pivot in those moments while discerning the objective data and maybe even having to run, you know, how do you speculate and collaborate on the objective data 
when you're maybe having to talk the patient out of something that they pre-diagnosed themselves with based yeah. on Google, right? you're tightroping all of that and you're $400,000 in debt day one and you're burnt out, and, but and you also you, feel like you can't quit. And you yourself, at least in this, in the current state of things now, you are also dealing with a pandemic. Like, yeah, as, just you, as a you human, might be fearful for your own human safety. Being. Yeah. Yeah. And so like whenever you're, you know, you're talking about the mental health and stuff, like, you know, my heart goes out to y'all and, and I'm glad you stuck it through. And, um, well, in, invariably there's people in Peter's shoes that, you know, have gone through just the most rigorous education and schooling and, you know, labs and rotations, clinicals, all of this for the last, I mean, he's been in college for 12 years, mm -hmm. you know, and no, I'm sorry. Cause he did four years of undergrad. He did four years of medical school. He did four years of residency. So he's been in college for 12 years. And then think about him sitting around the Thanksgiving table with some ornery QAnon uncle that's like, what do you think about the vaccine? And he's like, I think the objective data supports it. And he's like, eh, you little commie. What do yeah. you vote for Biden? You know, like mm -hmm. all of Just that. Give up our freedom. And it's like, the, the fact that there's not probably global admiration and, you know, respect for the amount of schooling that you've gotten when you're giving that opinion because it doesn't back up that person's political ideology. Yeah. I mean, you just got to throw up your hands. Yeah. Anyway, that was a uh, really appreciate all of that, Peter. And yes. Cynthia, thank you for fighting the good fight on the front lines. And absolutely. I don't even understand how scarring from masks can occur. Uh, I'm assuming she was like M M91 mm -hmm. M91 dub and they have like a, do they have like a mm -hmm. bar through it or something? Yeah. More of like a metal frame or something. I believe so. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Yeah. Um, but we're glad that y'all are here and thanks for continuing to listen. We'd love to continue the conversation and talk more. Cause I found, I found that fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I know Cynthia has a family in the, in the Dallas area. And so definitely if y'all ever make a little trip up here, let us know. You got anything else? Um, we, whatever else I have, we could talk about next week. I was going to touch on the Kanye album. <laughs> uh, that's, that's not here yet, <laughs> but the listening party was crazy. What's up with him and suspended platforms? Why is it that always a thing? I don't know, but everything that he's been doing since the album didn't come out, I'm, I approve <laughs> of. So <laughs> the, I think that album's going to sound nuts. Well, cool. Yeah. So that's Sunday school, baby. That. I saw somebody at uh, North Italian, a Sunday school, like uh, official mm -hmm. Donda outfit hey. the other day or whatever. Yeah. Pay that choir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these kids nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really am encouraged and hopeful that the next, that this generation of doctors are going to be the pragmatic, clear communicators mm -hmm. that, you know, you can work with. And I think it's just imperative. Sorry to circle back. I'm just no, still yeah. thinking about that because I'm, I'm struck by, uh, again, you don't have so many conversations with just all the people that you went to college with. Yeah. where they're like, they're serious. And you can tell that they're plagued in some ways by taking into account all the different sides of a situation. Mm -hmm. And it, at a certain point, 
you feel crazy when you're doing that. And it's reassuring to know that, hey, if you are a normal person that's like curious with your head screwed on straight, how could you not feel this way when you're taking all this into account? Yeah, that's a very valid point. So I just enjoy speaking with people like that. You're one of those people. Um, and it's just more difficult like to come on, bro. Mm -hmm. Like just yeah. <laughs> like your idiot friend. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Okay. What about you, man? What about You're me? You're good. I got nothing else. Yeah. I, I think after that, um, I'm emotionally spent. Mm -hmm. So agree. anyway, thanks for, uh, thanks for getting over here, dude. Good yeah. luck with, uh, parents later today. Uh-huh. Uh, new parents. So, you know, we'll wrap up here. I'll give you a hug and kiss goodbye. And, <laughs> and then, you going to uh, cool on me? Uh huh. And then, uh, yeah, you got to go change and get ready for them. Alrighty. Well, Tots, we did it again. Number 78. Yep. In Peter, the books. Peter, thank you, buddy. Um, all, all you listeners that are sticking with us, uh, love y'all. Love y'all. Book into book in Spotify says so that's right spotify analytics we appreciate y'all we love y'all yeah we will catch you up next time peace